decide the topic from love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Okay, what I was going to say before we went live with this Danny Masterson thing, who's Ah. getting 30 years for double rape or whatever, but like, shouldn't we kind of be rewarding rapists a little bit for not killing the women that they're raping? I always love to start off the stream on the right note, which of course is uh, rape apologism. Is that a word? Rape bad. Okay. <laughs> Don't rape. But if you have raped, should you be getting a murder sentence? Well, he's... No. It's he faces up to 30 years. This is uh, if people don't know Danny Masterson, he is the uh, he was the Hyde character on that 70s show. And um, and he was me too a couple of years ago, but it looks like maybe this was a real me too. I don't know. I don't know the details. <laughs> I just know that he was convicted of rape. Mm. Two counts faces up to 30 years. But is he going to go away for 30 years? I don't know. So he like raped hard. <laughs> I don't know. I will have to look at the details of the case. I don't know, man. Seems like 30 years is too much for that. Well, there probably are rapes hard enough deserving 30 years. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Raping a kid. Doesn't sound like he did that. Mm. Anyway. Hey, speaking of you ready for pride month. I don't know why I associated those two things. They're completely unrelated. No. Pride Month started early, like like we were talking about on Sunday. It's, Pride Month started weeks ago, so it's Pride, I don't know, it, it, we have at least two months of Pride now. Uh, and uh, so it, it won't really matter. I don't know that, well, it will matter insofar as tomorrow morning you'll wake up, you'll look at your phone, maybe you check your social media, whatever your morning internet routine might be, and you're going to see everything in uh, in a rainbow variant. Every uh everybody's profile picture every corporation's logo will be rainbow i can't can't do this again every year every year we have to do this why well this year's going to be exciting because it's also national felon day so the only reason i bring that up i know we talked about it on sunday but i did want to make people aware i was not aware of this with the firearms policy coalition's lawsuit that we briefly discussed If you're out there and you're listening and maybe you're a person with a pistol braced firearm configuration, Mm. I do not have an affiliation with firearms policy coalition. I other than I appreciate their second, their second amendment advocacy. I have no relationship with them. So don't understand this uh, in that way. I am just aware, at least as far as I understand what's going on now, because all of their members are protected from pistol brace enforcement that theoretically starts at midnight Eastern tonight. So just a few hours from now, If you were a member of Firearms Policy Coalition, per that judge's injunction last week, you are protected from any enforcement. Firearms Policy Coalition this week, their board revised their membership rules. It Mm. used to be that you have to be like a monthly contributor of X amount to be considered a quote unquote member. Now, if you give them as little as 20 bucks one time, you can be a member. So if you're the sort of person who's sweating, whether the ATF is going to come shoot your dog and kick down your door at midnight, 
as far as I understand, you can still go to Firearms Policy Coalition right now and join that organization for 20 bucks one time and get yourself some ATF protection while this uh, this goes down in court. We are affiliated, closely affiliated <laughs> with them. No, I am not affiliated with Firearms Policy <laughs> Coalition, but please, for the love of God, buy my soap. It is fantastic. <laughs> you know, the soap is great for when the ATF puts you in prison for your braced pistol configurations. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Were you going to go to a dropping soap? Thing? Yeah, there's well, whatever. Anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll, Hero I'll, Soap must hate us. I don't know why they continue the uh, association, but uh, they do. Anyway, it will be a call-in show as usual this evening. Most of you know how that works. But if you're new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the description on whatever viewing platform you may be viewing. And uh, if you'd like to participate but you can't do it live, you're having trouble getting in live or otherwise, you can send us an email question as well. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We will get to those at the end of the stream, but my gosh, do we have a lot of email questions tonight. So you guys are going to have to probably bear with us on a lightning round. We'll have to do like one minute answers, Uh, but we will get to that at the end of the stream. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. Uh, Well, our first caller is already trying to get me. Nick Ors. Good evening, my friendly Caucasians. How are you? I'm well. How are you two? Good. All right. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I watched. Um, well, first of all, I got a a, a four year old running around who I told to go to bed, and uh, <laughs> my wife is visiting family in the Midwest right now. So I'm, if I disappear, that's where I went. Uh, to more important things. I understand. All right. So anyway, um, a couple of calls ago, we had talked about rules for radicals i called it and i tried to compel matt to read it and he never read it but he should have I, Vaughn, you read it and you i'll it get to good, it right? one day i read it it was okay. a long time ago um so there's this there's this new initiative called beautiful trouble yeah and yeah. um have you heard of this one i have someone oh. referenced this in a super chat or something the other day so we had that a chatter bring this up oh well, that was you that okay. was me and then right. i emailed you about it but i definitely don't expect you to read every email that you get from all persistence your fans mm. well yeah i guess so. no i mean um they are basically the new rules for radicals and um it just uh, I, I just went to their tactics page online and um, let's see. Their their tactics are like creative disruption, cultural disobedience, currency hacking is one of them. Flash currency mob. hacking, like Bitcoin? currency hacking, did di- di- uh, distributed denial of service, so DDoSing. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of that, yeah. Um, so they they've got like all these wild and in some cases illegal tactics, and it's just another example of where the left is running um, roughshod over us and. Where this is written could... with a progressive intent and perspective, or is it absolutely okay? Oh yeah, big time. And I, I mean, I wish that people on the right would just look at the stuff that the left is doing because they're funded by big money, and they they take their ideas and they use use tactics um, in a way that that reflects being well funded. And yes, we, yeah. we could just co opt some of their 
I know we don't need to be well funded. This can be like a guerrilla campaign against the left. It's not that hard. We just steal their shit. Um, So uh, then one other concept that they talk about is this, (laughs) and they're uh, public about this too, something called pluralistic ignorance and like ignoring pluralistic ignorance, which is, have you ever heard of that term before? No. No. Which is where, um, let's say you're in a church and the pastor says, hey, we're going to have this tranny up. Well, (laughs) most of the people in the church are going to be like, fuck this shit. I, I, sorry, I shouldn't curse on your show. Screw this stuff. I, I don't want to be part of this, but everybody else is part of this. So I'm just going to go along with it because everybody else thinks this is cool. And meanwhile, most of the people in the church are having that same opinion, which is like, this is totally gay, but because of pluralistic ignorance, they are ignoring, um, the fact that they are in the majority and, and they're, they're, made to believe that they're in the minority yeah there's a lot of deliberate effort to make you believe you're in the minority there was a lot of that stuff during corona yep and so that's that's part of what this group does or is doing um but i mean if there's one thing i could ask people to do just to get their foot in the door in terms of activism or in terms of uh being out in the public um and and this is kind of strange, like, especially if you don't even have kids and like, I don't send my kids to public school, but, um, I do go to school board meetings near me and oh, often that's they're, smart. yeah, they're boring. They're boring as hell. Yeah. Um, but, and, and oftentimes, uh, just by parents showing up, the school board is more in check, but what you, what you can do is you can go listen in you're gonna have to go a couple times to get a feel for things um and then ask good questions like if if they are proposing some real gay stuff for kids ask a good question and don't be an ass ass about it but yeah i mean just ask serious topics and um you know and i because you're a taxpayer you should go because a lot of your tax money is going into funding this board that is corrupting the next generation Mm -hmm. of people so um, basically the easiest way to do it is to go on the school board's website ahead of time, look at the policies page, and then uh, see which ones were updated since like maybe 2016 and hit control F and then look for, so search for words that are like diversity, gender, inclusion, race, and racial equality. And by doing that, you'll be able to see which policies are kind of screwy and, and you can stand up and ask questions about those. And it's really simple. And that will get you started down a path where you can have more of an effect in the long run. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts as always. Yeah. Uh, Good talking to you guys. Hope you have a good night. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling in. Nice to see you. Okay. Whoops. He's already out of here. Uh, Mordil is up next. Mordil, are you there? Yeah. How's it going? We are well. What's on your mind? Oh, man. June, we've got touristic <laughs> uh, aspect with Pride. It's like Christmas where it's getting earlier every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think it was last week. Uh, there was an email talking about you know other rights that we have other than what's enumerated. And oh, about yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this. You know, is talking about medical assisted suicide and suicide as part of 
firearm statistics, is there is there a right to suicide? Ah, and you're speaking like strictly like morally in a, or in legally. A, yeah, moral sense. Right. right. From, from from a legal sense, natural rights sense, because I understand the, the argument um, that I agree with mm-hmm. of every life has inherent value. Yep. We shouldn't be encouraging. We shouldn't be supporting suicide. But like, is there an inherent right, like a natural right to it? Barring society stopping you is it something that you can do yourself it's it doesn't have the same impact of like abortion or anything else because there's not any direct impact it's not infringing on someone else's rights well there are a lot of indirect consequences though and obviously i say that as someone who has a you know that sort of connection to it Uh, a lot of people do right um Obviously, it's not it's not violating someone else's rights in the legal sense, and it wouldn't even make sense to make suicide illegal. Obviously, you can't punish the person who did it. But right. the the things that you're talking yeah. about, where is it a a violation of or a breach of the purpose of your life? And I think that it is. I think to that extent, it is an immoral act, and we can talk about whether people are making a rational decision when they do that or not. You know, can something that you're not choosing in a a truly free state of mind be an immoral act. Maybe that's the debate, but I think that to the extent that it is, it is violating that value and purpose of your life, that it is something that maybe immoral is the wrong word, but, but it's a, it's a violation of a core moral principle. I'm inclined to agree. And and people think that they are, um, that they are responsible and owners of their own lives. But um, I think we need to think larger than that. I don't, what, what was it you that was talking about? Uh, if you were just, if your body's just kind of being leased from God, then that's the C.S. To, Lewis point. Yeah. 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 I think that, that that's probably, uh, that's true of your soul too. So can you do it? Yes. I mean, is it the same thing as, um, as an abortion or something that's inflicting direct harm on a, a fatal harm on another human being? No, but it has wide impact, wide negative impact on the families involved, on yeah. society. And then there's a loss of life. Yeah, I think those are all good points that I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, and a lot of what kind of made me think about this was like firearm statistics, mm-hmm. you know, like a third of firearm deaths are suicides and they keep bringing up an argument of like we've got 35,000 deaths every year and uh we need to have certain regulations in place like a 10 day waiting period mandatory waiting period even though most gun owners already have guns so what is 10 days longer for gun number two gonna do mm-hmm. um and it's like kind of spinning that argument against those because it tend i tend to notice that it's almost a perfect circle of those who like agree with medical assisted suicide, but also having a cool down period for committing suicide on your own. And it's like, how do you square those two? Yeah, That is interesting. Opinions? I guess, I guess maybe they would say, I only support it in the context of a terminal illness, medically assisted suicide. And if you're just, if you're feeling down, you have depression, you have whatever state of mind that that's not a terminal condition. Yeah, but look so at they Canada would... though. I know. Well, that, Canada is is slipping the slope as we speak, and that's yeah. why I think you got to be very careful about that that uh, death with dignity, medically assisted suicide stuff. Even though I yeah. do have some sympathy for for like the the terminal condition 
situation, you got to have some pretty strong guardrails on that. If you're not careful, then it's just, it's the Futurama bit where you just walk into the suicide booth, like it's a phone booth. (laughs) It's like, ah, I've had enough. Yeah. And and I think it goes to that. What I guess anarchists would say is just, it's a statist mindset of like, it's okay because the state deems it so. And a panel of your peers has agreed. Yeah. But I just, it, it's kind of one of those things where I'm thinking of like, can we just use that as an argument of like, no, you're not, if you support medical assisted suicide, you're not allowed to advocate for stopping suicide via firearms. Like you're not allowed to put that into the equation because you've already established that suicide is a viable option. Only if state approved though. So I, I, I well, think they're yeah. going to say, I, you have to fill out a form that. and send it into the government. And then when the government gets <laughs> back to you six months later and gives you your suicide license, yeah. then you can yeah. do it. That's what they'll say. Yeah, I know. But yeah. it, it was just interesting food for thought that I was like, this is a circle. Like it's a perfect circle. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought of the uh, potential inconsistencies on those two things, but you're right. I, I think that uh, the the actual explanation is they just hate guns. And so anything they can grab right. at to Obviously. push the anti-gun agenda, doesn't it doesn't have to be consistent with a philosophy of what life means, what life's value is, all of that. It's just whatever whatever straw we can grasp to take right. guns away from people, we'll take it. My dad has always said, because I'll, I'll have these debates with him. Um, about these rhetorical questions and he's like you can't you can't reason someone out of an opinion that they didn't reason themselves into mm. that's so, so true yeah there's probably some wisdom uh, there that i should learn myself yeah i've i've learned as i get older my dad gets smarter <laughs> i think that's <laughs> that the, painful that's a good yeah. trajectory everyone should be on though yeah and uh yeah, it, that's that's how it totally is. Because like <laughs> I was asked for a Father's Day, and we always made fun of my dad because every Father's Day or birthday, we're like, "What do you want for for this year?" And he's like, "You know, all they want is obedient children." And we always mocked him. And then like three years ago, after I had my oh, three year old and my yeah. newborn, they asked me, and I was like, "You know, obedient children sounds yes. really great this year." <laughs> and my dad was laughing on the other side of the room, going, "You see." You see, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I, I mean, why does everything have to be some kind of extensive negotiation? Like yeah. every single thing. Sometimes I'm like, just do what I ask you. Yeah. God, stupid kids. Because I said so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks that's, for the that's call. All pretty much I had. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good one. Okay. Ratchet Republican is up next. Ratchet Republican, are you there? Hello? I got nothing. Hello. Oh, there we go. I got him. Can you hear can you, me? Yeah, we yep. can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, oh. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hi. How are you? Hi. Uh, yes, uh, tomorrow's Pride Month. Um, are you ready? Are you excited? Uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> for the cringe. Oh, my goodness. So the reason why I called was because the, uh, a spot happened on Twitter where um, you have these two gay podcasters who are um, who are more to the right. They're more populist, and yeah. they have this podcast called Dangerous Rhetoric. So one of the podcasters went on Twitter and said that gay marriage is a delusion. He, that's paraphrasing it. And he said, cope and seethe. And he is and gay. 
he is gay. Okay. And uh, he said cope and see. Mm-hmm. And he set Twitter ablaze because a lot of people were attacking him and dragging him. And, Did um, he expand on that? What what he means by it being a delusion? I get what he means. Um, and I do believe it's a delusion. Uh, Can you be more specific? You know, oh, be more specific. Yeah. The thing about uh, marriage, and if you, if you, the best way, the best counterattack against gay marriage is a YouTube video of Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes was a black Republican. Oh, yeah. The Obama uh, debate. The Obama Dude, debate. He crushed he, it. Oh, I remember it was this. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And he, he gave the best uh, argument against gay marriage. Um, he said that um, gay marriage is literally what the, the trans movement is using the same argument the trans movement is using to distort reality is by right. redefining definitions. Mm-hmm. So if you notice that the battle against the gay marriage was was trying to uh, define what marriage was, just like the battle against transgenderism is to redefine what a man and woman is. Yeah, so they're using yeah. their youth. You can see it in retrospect. We talk about that with Rick Santorum all the time, too. He seemed crazy. Now he seems like some some kind of uh, soothsayer. He saw it coming. And it's for the reasons you're describing. It's that when even though they might not seem like directly related things, and perhaps you say even rightly that what does like a gay guy have to do with a transgender person? They're not necessarily similar, let alone the same. But the concept of gay marriage was the first step in making men and women somewhat interchangeable mm-hmm. as in yes. a man can step into a woman's role or a woman can step into a man's role. They might not think they're men or women, but they're still substituting. And then One. you see this, the slope slipped to where we are. And that is correct. And uh, creating this delusion that homosexual rela- gay relationships are the same as straight relationships. Mm-hmm. And, that is an absolute delusion. One creates life, one progresses a society, and one does not. Yeah, that's what I was curious if what you were getting at. Because that, that, uh, that if there was any piece of it that seems like the delusion, and I know not, that not all gay people necessarily hold that belief, but that's, that's where the movement has lost me a little bit. It's like, yeah, I, I agree that you have rights to live in the situation that you want to live in, but if you're asking me to pretend that these are the exact same things, they are not. They have a very clear and obvious distinction. Doesn't mean that I want to stop you from living the way that you see fit or something or bring the force of law upon you. But I'm not going to accept that this is the exact same thing with no difference whatsoever. Right. And isn't that where they lose us on on all things that uh, they they want the right to our opinions about something that's yeah. just never going to happen. And, and, the th- and the thing is, is that the the right is making a mistake believing that they can come. Con- they can compromise with the ideology that they can piecemeal and say, I will accept this, but I won't accept that. Right. And you can't piecemeal it. You have to rip it out by its root. And that is why uh, I agree with Michael Knowles that you have to rip it up by its root. You can't just piecemeal. You can't just say, I accept this and I want, but I won't accept that. So what does that mean in this context? What does ripping it up by its roots mean? Well, Unfortunately, you would have to reverse a lot of things that has happened in the past. You know, we would have to reject a lot of things that happened in the past. We would have to affirm and promote a traditional marriage and 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 stop 
promoting uh, homosexuality as something that is quote unquote natural because it is not. And as, as a gay person, I know that, you know, it sounds weird coming from me, but I have come to that realization. I'm no, I'm no longer a practicing gay man. Are but, you celibate? Uh, I'm celibate. Oh, that's good. Good for you. That's that must a, be hard. I don't know that I've ever heard that phrase before. A practicing gay man. Not, I get yeah, exactly what you mean. It's just, it's very, it's the, the phrasing just kind of, I'm not trying to laugh at you. I just find the phrasing. To no, be no, no, funny, no, no, that's, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. That, that's fine. I've come to the realization that this whole nonsense about that, be, that uh, promoting gay homosexuality is progressive. Hmm. It doesn't progress anything. Yeah. Um, it, uh, progress, progress is through procreation. And, and I have come to the realization that, uh, that, uh, it's not providing anything for me. It wasn't doing anything for me. It was just searching for that next orgasm, that next uh, uh, thing, and it 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 was uh, it was pointless, hmm. so to speak. <laughs> when did you come to this realization? Um, uh, probably like after I uh, became a conservative. Okay, I so it's been realizing. a little while then. It's been a minute. Yes. Hmm. I've come to that realization and a lot of gay men are coming to that realization as they, a lot of gay men come to that realization as they get older, that, uh, that this whole search for the next sexual uh, conquest, it just keeps going and going. And in the straight world, usually come up to a point where you get somebody pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, That's in true. The gay yeah. world, it keeps going and going and going <laughs> and going because there's nothing to stop you to yeah. stop you. Uh, yeah, on that uh, on that way. Well, there are things so, to stop you. Yeah, I the old hair. <laughs> Many know, of those Jesus. people probably um, have AIDS, but um, they're all treatable now, though. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the LGB and a lot, a lot of gay LGB are trying to distance themselves from the T. Everybody, mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to mm -hmm. distance them. If even people on the left are trying to distance because it's getting out of control. But they have to realize that it is you who have created this monster and um, and allowed them to have an argument by using marriage and saying that you can mix and match. And therefore, if you can mix and match, if you can replace a man with a woman in a marriage in the most important institution, then why can't you replace a man with a woman in yeah. sports or a man with a woman in other areas in society? Yeah. So it, it created that that uh, that portal through which that ideology has been able to come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I far just, too I compromising. I, I know. And I just don't know how we uh, we, we we put an end to this, how, how we stop it, because I don't believe stop drinking Bud Light or or boycotting Target. It, it may do something in the short term, but I don't believe that's going to win the war. Whoa. So. I mean, the, the, what we need to address now is that most people in society believe that tolerance is a virtue. That is the problem, yeah. isn't it? By our very and, nature, we're supposed and, to be intolerant of alternative lifestyles. And like, I don't want gay people to, um, you know, kill themselves or anything, but I, I want them to be societal oddballs. I want this to be a fringe thing. And then I think the there's actually thing, a lot of gay people who would prefer that too. Who would prefer it, yeah. This tranny thing should be so fringe that it's like, freak show circus levels of oddballery, right? 
And it, it is, but it's a, they have used emotional blackmail. If you notice that argument between Josh Hawley and that uh, obnoxious professor, you notice that when he asked a question that she could not answer, she brought up the statistics that you asking that question is transphobic. And do you <laughs> oh, know yeah. that, that, trans, that trans people have a very high suicide rate? So this is what they do. They use emotional blackmail, just like they use for gay marriage, because with gay marriage, they say that you're your cousin is gay or your aunt your aunt is gay or these people are gay you know what i'm saying you are hurting them and they use emotional to override your logic and um and reality and distort reality in order for you to bring you into their world yeah and bring you into their reality but why and, are people um, so easily manipulated in that way because they, they play on our, our our want to be good people because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be good people. We don't want to be mean and 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 and, uh, and be mean. They want we have a we have a, a natural thing to want to be good to each other, especially in America. And they play on that and they play on that and they use that. And that is why they go with the whole suicide thing with the trans thing and the suicide for the trans, uh, the trans kids. Yeah. And well, yeah, well, it, it, turning this, uh, turning this ship around is going to be very difficult, but, uh, but I really appreciate you calling in and, and sharing your perspective on that. And, uh, I, I'm sure that's kind of personally difficult. So thank you for that. And yeah. I, I'm sure there are a lot of people yeah, who actually, they, uh, have a very similar experience. Yes, and next time when I call, I uh, I really want to go through my experience as a child because the whole trans thing, I I, I personally uh, have a personal uh, when I was growing up about that. Um, so next time when I call, I, I'll get into all that. All right, sounds okay. good. Thank you for calling as always. All right, thank you. Okay, we uh, are due for a break. Read a few super chats over on Rumble. JD1492 says, have either of you watched any of Cody Detweiler recently, Whistling Diesel? His past two videos have been amazing. Uh, I don't know who that is. I don't know the reference. Mm -hmm. I'll have to check it Neither out. But uh, thank you for the recommendation. We're out of the loop, buddy. Yeah, We're old. I, it's I over. I guess so. We're good uh, on Rumble, good on DLive, good on Odyssey. Thank you, guys. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Ah. Uh, over on terrible. Tippy, well, the rapists have chimed in. Blonde's right. We should be rewarded. No, not rewarded. Just punished less. Uh, Rape and murder are not this. Every time a man rapes a woman, it's a woman that he didn't murder to get away with the rape. That's all I'm saying. Well, I've never murdered a woman and I never got rewarded for it. But you've also never raped a woman. Ah. As, as far as you know. That's true. Yeah. I would be very surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well. Do we do this for all crimes? Do we say at least you didn't commit the ultimate crime? Therefore, no, I'm saying like rape leads to murder because it's such an egregious crime. It's punished so egregiously that it's like, no, oh, you might as well. You might as well. Uh, and then like you have the chance of not getting in trouble for the rape. So I'm just saying like maybe we should just just like five years. Excuse Anybody a few more rapes. Five years, We've right? had too many false rape accusations. We have to yeah. excuse a few rapes to balance it out. Yeah, it's only yeah. fair. A woman can walk off a rape. She cannot walk off murder. She can't. There, there are probably a few. Well, that's true. I'm going to guess there are a few rapes that can't be walked off either, though. I mean, you go to a trauma therapist, you but you move on with your life. You know, you, you can do it. <laughs> okay. 
I, this uh, is not compassion for rapes, rape, rapists, rapers, rapists. What's wrong? With me? Okay, Max to be yeah. mad. It was the Magic Diamond Casino pump, and this was after visiting two legacy stops that, frankly, could have had a glory hole. It was nice glory hole, I presume. But I like my MTO food gas stops. Still worth the stop. You got to There are multiple though. I think Magic Magic Diamond is at uh, several of uh, Town Pump's locations. So I'd be curious. I'm going to need more information. Was it uh, which uh, which town did you stop in? I got to know. I got to know where your your town pump experience was not fully satisfactory, because it, it's very important to me as a self-appointed town pump ambassador that the brand is properly represented. God, live chat's getting all emotional. What if it was your daughter? Yes. I don't want my daughter to be raped. That would be a horrible disaster. Wow. What would be a worse disaster is if she got murdered. So you're willing to you're willing to excuse a few just to make sure she doesn't lose her life. No, I'm just talking about like 30 years. And I I don't know the Danny Masterson cases, but um, my guess I, and this is I'm saying this knowing nothing about his cases, but I guess that it was a, like a date rape kind of thing. Right. Don't know. It's In most of those situations, the, the woman did something wrong. What was she wearing? Why did she go to his place? I don't, don't know. make me Camille Pegley all over you guys. Camille <laughs> Paglia. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, can someone let me know what the TLDR on this Danny Masterson thing is, though? Because I'm suspicious that this is just because he got convicted. It doesn't mean that this is not a Me Too thing. It has something to do with the Church of Scientology, too, but I don't know what. Oh. Obviously, I read basically the headline and that's it. I don't know the details. Someone says she likes his beard. That's another thing. He has hmm. a beard that makes me trust his face. And so, ah. but he is a Scientologist. So. Yeah. Okay, Hero Soap. Uh-oh. Okay, no, it's not actually Hero Soap. If you buy our soap, you'll be cleaning your ass with the same soap Blonde cleans hers with. Isn't that sexy? Is that what you guys are working on? Wow. Um, the month of June. Why do all the HIV infections happen during my time? It's not fair. <laughs> Is there an increased concentration of uh, transmission in this Pride Month? I, I wouldn't I don't be know, surprised, man. I suppose. Hib doesn't even knock people out anymore. You can have it for like the rest of your life. Magic Johnson's like 75. Yeah, he's still doing fine. Holden Mulray. Hi, Truth Seekers. I, I went skipped to a, a couple, maybe, or one. Did I? Sorry. Jeff Sloat, Oil King. Jeff Sloat says, the rapist you discussed in the be- beginning is just one of Scientology's crimes. Its current leader probably murdered his wife. Give it a Google. Well, there you Ooh. go. It might be murdery after all. Um, Oil King, are you going to make an animation production? If please don't sell out, I miss Bernie Burns. Rooster Teeth. This okay, Oil King. I love you, but your English is not your first language. Thing makes me feel like a retard because I can't read <laughs> your messages. Maybe okay. he's Rooster Saudi. Teeth. He's an Oil King. Their podcasts suck ass now. Trash taste podcast is okay. Yag yag yag. I tooted. So he's like a a flatulent Saudi. Something is that what like you're that. telling me? Yeah, I'm guessing. We love you, Oil King. And all of your people coming around on Muslims. All right, that's good enough for now. Okay, we will uh, come back to your chats at the top of the hour. Thank you guys, as always. I didn't do that. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Next up is Richard Parker. Richard, are you there? Good evening. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, Good evening. So um, last time we talked, Matt, you said that you have faith that... uh, through a free exchange of ideas, the truth will eventually reveal itself. And I kind of wanted to uh, 
discuss that a little bit. I okay. I noticed you used the word faith. And I submit that people use the word faith at best about things that they're unsure of or can't know for sure. And at worst, mythologies, falsehoods, and superstitions. Well, so I would, I would say... Faith, I zero in on that. Same thing with belief. Like, sure, I believe... I, we're, we're talking about an in-the-moment, off-the-cuff conversation. I understand. So, I understand. But, but I would say that... Uh, if I'm choosing the word faith, it's not because it's not demonstrated. It's because there is no perfect method to have the, the truth revealed to us. There are only better methods than others. And the free exchange of ideas, I believe, to be the best method. Well, in relation to that, um, I, I compiled a short list of all the societal norms that people sort of um, believe uh, by quite a light margin in, in this country from homosexuality is an immutable characteristic to um i heard a hissing noise in the background i don't i don't know what that was um it might homosexuality be is the, yeah homosexuality as an immutable characteristic um the idea that a non-homogeneous balkanized society that diversity is our strength isn't going to lead to a low trust dystopic hellhole as opposed to a heterogeneous or homogeneous society where you have a common race blood history language that everyone is galvanized around and this creates a high trust society as has existed for centuries if not thousands of years about race all sorts of things boomers saying things like race is just skin deep and um, ignoring the differences in race iq or what those causes might be they're not systemic racism they're almost certainly biological causes for these things the idea that the racial black racial commitment to crime can be attributed to systemic racism as opposed to genetic differences is another societal norm that is believed by the overwhelming number of people. The life of Martin Luther King, other things like people believing that therapy, the psychiatry and psychological uh, psychology rackets, getting young people uh, yeah, strung it, out and all sorts of no, I, it, drugs. There's no guarantee that people will never believe falsehoods. You could counter all of these examples with how was every scientific discovery made? It was made by challenging conventional wisdom. And it's not yes, to say but, that there are no errors in people's beliefs, but let me respond by asking, if not for allowing those ideas to freely compete, what would be the better method? Where is the truth going well, to be revealed? For, for one thing, I don't think there is a free exchange of ideas, because if you tried to have a peer-reviewed study on whether homosexuality is an immutable characteristic, if you're a professor, even if you're tenured, you get kicked out. But if you're on the cusp of getting tenured, you would be run out of academia with with pitch, pitchforks and and torches same thing but wouldn't that be a pro about, isn't the problem there that the idea is suppressed well i think that there's always um there's always going to be a vacuum <clears throat> power and one thing i was thinking about in relation to your comment is since american hegemony particularly after world war one but most especially after world war ii where so-called democracy has overtaken europe Look at the state of European civilization and culture. And during the German Empire, the Germans were more techno technologically advanced than their European peers. They were at the forefront of chemistry, metallurgy, all these other sciences. You had things like the German novella, Richard Wagner. You look at the state of culture with the allies, the Americans' way of doing things. So now I'm shifting from things that people just believe, like that race is just skin deep, even though you can look I remember when I was 10 years old, 
I, you know, I was watching the Cosby show and I told my grandfather, I said, I'm taught that it's his skin color, but I look at his face. I can see the difference in his nose and his hair and his skull structure. And I was 10 years old and I understood this. But you talk to most average Americans and they believe without question that race is just skin deep. Mm-hmm. But to go from all of these civilization destroying lies taught as truth to the state of culture since uh the Allies won uh, the Second World War. Okay. You look at Germany, I mean, for example, and listen, you compare I'll grant, like, the German I'll, develop- I'll grant all of these premises. My question, though, is how is the truth discovered if not for these ideas battling it out? Where do we get the well, truth? What is the source of that? I think you have to have, obviously, some exchange of ideas. But, I mean, for instance, you look at Victorian Great Britain, there was censorship. I'm reading a book called The Woodlanders okay, by so, Thomas Hardy. But who? And, uh, what? Uh, how do we make those decisions? That's what I want to get at. Um, well, I think, first of all, we need to reject democracy. We need to understand that great civilizations are homogeneous in nature. We need to understand that there is something special and unique about Mother Europa and the sons and daughters of Europe and, and the Allies' way of doing things. All these things that are destroying Europe and Germany in particular are imported from the United States as Germany and other states are a puppet state of this shitty government. And so I think um, some sort of dark enlightenment where we question, if not reject democracy altogether, we understand and discern that the bedrock of any civilization is common race, common blood, common ancestry, common language, and have some kind of natural hierarchy, not based on the masses, but based on, for lack of a better term, aristocracy, so that you know, before World War I, you had things like Richard Wagner and the German novella, um, you know, all these great artists, all this great literature. And then after World War II, you have Katy Perry and Coca-Cola and McDonald's <laughs> and rap music and all this ugly, ugly <clears throat> vulgarity that's making like a beeline to oblivion because there's nothing really there to oppose it. And um, so those were just some of my ideas that I had to demonstrate that the, the best ideas and the best thought and the best art and the best culture isn't winning out and it hasn't won out for i don't know probably a hundred years well I, I would disagree with that premise but i still don't understand who's making the decisions about what wins and what doesn't if not for the free battle of ideas who's deciding what wins well i mean once again there isn't a free battle of ideas you cannot if you're a will grant that premise let's say it doesn't exist what's the better mechanism who's making these decisions People who discern that this idea about diversity and multiculturalism isn't going to work and a dark enlightenment, I don't know, 30, 40 percent. But if they actual what you're where are they getting that idea? Where how are they making that evaluation? Like who's telling them what the correct information is? Well, if they're not allowed to evaluate that for themselves on religious tradition, they can rely on a survey of history that shows that man is inherently tribalistic in nature and this stuff isn't going to work. They can look at relation, relations for, I don't know, the past 200 years. Well, yeah, we that's, like but again, this, isn't this sounds like them being exposed to information that is unrestricted to make their own evaluation. Well, I, one I, of the issues I, with, I, with modern times is that, especially with this COVID thing, is that we have lost our ability to rely on experts for expert information. However, <laughs> we do have to have experts in almost every field upon which we can rely to make some of these cultural decisions. So I'm with Richard on this one. Okay, well, who, are the, who are the experts? 
Well, yeah, I mean, they have to have actual credentials. That's the problem that we've run into with experts. I mean, well, that is the problem we've run into with experts. People, there are people that are experts, like, like no, no amount of stuff. I I could never perform neurosurgery at this point in time. Agreed. But who is going to decide who the approved experts are? But we do that in every arena, don't we? We we do do that in medicine because people go through uh, certain kinds of schooling and expertise oh, training. Sure. I mean, I'm just saying there's not, there's not some central board of decreeing who the trusted experts are and who's out. I, I, I think, right. Matt, in the past, before 1945, the sons and daughters of Europe could rely on a classical education to inform them yeah. what is high culture. And while I agree with you that the exchange of some ideas is important, some things, uh, transgenderism, for example, no, uh, I don't <laughs> think that should be tolerated. And um, I mean, again, the German Empire was not a free society. They had, they had censorship. It was it was a monarchy, but they excelled in chemistry. Same thing in Victorian Britain. They had censorship. The novel I'm reading it alludes to a sexual um, uh, interlude yeah, I mean, uh, between. Th- that's all great as long as you're the censor, though. That's the problem. And inherently, with any censorship scheme, you will suppress some level of the truth. The question is, well, what truth? Well, another thing is that if we don't suppress them, they're going to suppress us, and they're oh. well on the way of doing that. Yeah, but that, that... I don't like the idea of unilateral disarmament. And the things that I say, what what pains me the most is they needed to be done 160, 40 years ago. If okay. things were my way, and people just were outraged, <laughs> I know. About that's, well, that, that's my problem with and the have, theme here. If things were my way, everything would be great. But well, it's look at a lot of people believe that. Out. Okay, but I mean, I would say if things 19- are my way, things will be better. But all right, but listen to what I'm trying to tell you. In 1990, quite gen- a lot. Gen- generations of, of white women were not enamored with rap because it was just burgeoning. And if you had properly censored that with the sort of moral outrage that the left has, they wouldn't have had that idea yeah, sure. come into their sure. head Again, because it wasn't I'm, part of their cultural milieu. I, th- I think maybe we're at an impasse. Well. We have to clarify our terms when we talk about moral moral rejection of of certain forms of speeches. And I refuse to participate in that. I don't have a problem with that at all. If you want to have some sort of centralized censorship that says nobody can engage in this form of speech under criminal penalty, I'm going to oppose that. Regardless of how profane or civilization destroying or utterly ruinous these so-called ideas are that aren't really exchanging. See, rap music doesn't really There's articulate intelligible thought. It's centralized power that decides what speech is acceptable in public or not is as destructive as any force as there is. Well, it wasn't destructive in the German Empire with the monarchy until okay. World War I happened. Well, so, and there are, and most of the civilizations in the history of man have not exactly been democracies either. Okay, well. And I, again, I think if you look at how culture has gone in the past, you know, yeah. 80 years since 1945, things have uh, degraded and coarsened uh, almost irreparably. I think there are problems. I think that to say that that we are at a worse in a worse state than any time in history, or or somehow that this is unique well, in, in its, in, I, I think that's discrediting the achievement that. In 20 or 30 years, if Germany and the rest of Europe don't pull out of this, they will be a minority in their own country. And that didn't even happen in the 30 years war, which took Germany a century to recover from. My whole point is to correct that problem. You need people to challenge conventional wisdom in the way that you are right now. But I agree with that. But you also need to discern that 
uh, democracy is uh, an evil and it's destroying Europe and the West. And okay, just but look at how things have gone since forty-five. Well, how how do you grant the premise that it's great for you to challenge conventional wisdom to bring about that truth, but it sh that principle should not extend to other ideas elsewhere? Because those are the ideas. Okay, one thing that occurred to me is the Jews, for example, don't want to extend me the right to express myself. When someone's expressing something that threatens their religion and their identity, they exercise all power to stop that from happening. And so they are correct in the way that they are doing what they need to do for the interest of their in-group. And we need to do that as well because we are becoming minority in European countries and our civilization is dying. And okay. it's already probably too late. You know, what the things need to All be right, done. We, we got to move on. But thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Have a good evening forever to the right. All right. Uh, Joshy boys up next. Joshy, are you there? Watching you get mad makes me so. Well, I've just I've I've heard it a million times, man. I get like I frankly I just don't see the I don't see the principles here. It's stuff I like <laughs> is awesome. Stuff I don't like needs to be banned, and that's, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's it. great if you're you. <laughs> but if you're not you, anyway, uh, Joshy, go ahead. Hey, I got. Well, I kind of agree with you, Matt. And listening to him is kind of like I don't like the, the stuff I don't like. Ban it. The stuff I do like, promote it. That's basically what I'm gathering from them. Right. But I'm I'm, I'm not going to trash talk him today. I might do it another time. But today I have at least two topics. You can pick one. We can either talk about the Cleopatra thing on Netflix, which <laughs> I'm really excited about, or you can we can talk about the usage of AI artwork. Oh. Didn't we just talk about AI artwork pretty recently? I don't know anything other about the Cleopatra thing other than they made she's a, black, they but made she's a black not actually Cleopatra. Black, yeah. that, that, so the AI art is probably <laughs> okay more cool. interesting to me. Okay. Well, have you ever seen AI artwork before? Have you ever? I, I have. have. They made someone made an awesome one of this show. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was. Um. That was maybe what like a month or two ago, but a guy made an AI a piece of AI artwork that was us like 20 or 30 years into the future where I was living in a bunker oh, and blonde yeah, is like a member of the one. fourth Reich or something. Yeah. Turned out really yeah. good. It did. There's been some, I've seen AI artwork here and there and my God, it can be kind of horrific. I had a buddy of mine who's from Florida who showed me an, an AI commercial I'll have to go and find it and send it to you both. But if you ever wanted to know what somebody's nightmare looks like in real time, I will send you that. Oh, yeah. It's it's horrific. It'll make you stop eating burgers for a week. Mm. But okay. just I wanted a week, to get y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not very long. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it can't be that. It's not, well, not going to ruin burgers for you forever, but it did put me off of it for a little, a little while. Okay. Huh. okay. Just, All right. The sheer horror of that. But I wanted to get y'all's opinions on what y'all thought about AI artwork. Some of it can be good if done well, but there's been a lot of growing concern, right? People will use AI artwork to basically, basically make instant art, even though there can be notable flaws to it if you look closely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm fine with it because um, for, for, from a certain perspective, because it's the natural extension of modern art, which is just trash. Yeah. And so it's like one step even removed from from modern art. You know, it's a, it's mm -hmm. even worse somehow than modern art. So I'm like, all right, this is the natural progression of 
the pointless artistic movements that have been happening in our culture. Um, but the entire point of art is for humans to be more connected to humanity, to express yeah. their humanity so that other people can feel more connected to humanity. And that cannot be done by a non-human. Like no fucking monkeys named Bubbles or whatever. <laughs> like Hunter Biden, no. Non-human Hunter Biden, no. Okay, whatever. I love explaining. Oh, that, that. was the joke? Um, Sorry. And I no AI. I got to you for that one. I wasn't, it wasn't ready. Yeah. Don't, no rim jobs. Nope. No rim jobs? No. <laughs> no sorry, I was trying to pull the... <laughs> The Emmeline credit. That's what I was trying to pull. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to, I don't have my Sanders up. I thought you were going to do the, um, the rim shot one. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. Ooh, that's what my voice sounds like. Gross. Some feedback. Uh, I don't know what that was, but now it's gone. So in that way, I think that, um, it shouldn't exist, but it does. And this is what we get for allowing our culture to degrade. What about you, Matt? What do you think? Uh, I guess I just haven't looked at it too much other than what was sent to us. I'm trying to think of, uh, I, I can see the negative implications, obviously, but I think more so with the photo stuff than say the stuff that looks like painting recreations, but that's the trouble is you can tell the AI create an image of this person in the style of Vincent van Gogh or something, um, Mm -hmm. create a photo of this person doing X act. I've seen AI images of Trump on Twitter that you can tell they're a little off because yeah, his body doesn't look yeah. quite right or the proportions are a little there, off, you know? but they're yeah. close enough that they're kind of believable on first glance. Right. And, and that's the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, just the, the, the implications for how this will be used negatively to fake images or video of people. We already have deep fake video. Mm hmm. I saw a story on the news the other day about this, about how photos can be faked with relative ease now through AI and that they were talking about having some sort of uh, like board of photo authorization or something authentication, maybe that there was going to be one way we get around. This is have like some government board that puts a stamp on Mm -hmm. images that says legit real or fake and gay. Yeah, I've heard heard about that. Uh, well, with I, the improvement of that technology, it is going to become more difficult later on. And even though the technology is in this primitive stage and everybody hates it, myself included, it's, it's basically here to stay. It's like yeah. photography, right? People used to paint portraits of individuals before photography came a thing. And mm. I forgot the guy's name, but I was watching a video. He said the same thing about photography when it came to painting people. He said it's going to basically ruin uh, artwork. And he was kind of right about that. But so AI artwork is just the next thing that's going to, I don't know. I, I, I see like all negative to... for it. Really? Does it have the, I, does it have positive applications that I'm not crediting it for? I suppose for <laughs> none that I've seen, I suppose for things like commercial graphic design, it might be incredibly useful. Something like that. Oh, but the downside there though is what if you're a graphic designer? We're all getting replaced yeah. by the robots in terms of our jobs very soon. It seems like. Not us. Our unique commentary cannot be replaced. They'll have AI (laughs) podcast hosts. In fact, they basically already do. They have those fake voice generators that can read text. I wonder if the same thing is for that whole uh, GPT chat thing. Yeah. Oh, because there, according to that writer strike that I was that I learned about, that's one of the things they're worried about. They're just going to use AI to write their stuff for them. 
Yeah. This is the society that we deserve. That would be interesting. Reassure you. So you're saying chat GPT writes the script and then some voice AI reads it, reads it. And so a robot fully imitates you in that way. It can. I don't know. I don't know if that actually exists yet, but there has been discussions of it. Some people, some even game designers kind of use it to like do dialogues for NPCs because you have to write thousands upon thousands of dialogue for NPCs to say a few lines or something like that. Mm hmm. But as far as there is one thing that I did learn when I was at a convention about roughly three months ago, and they're trying to put in policies in place that pe- if people try to use AI artwork to sell at conventions, they I don't know how they would do that, but they're going to try to prevent them from selling it because it's kind of a cheating way of getting fast money for shit you didn't actually make. Mm-hmm. But in terms of that whole commer- commercial usage. Um, once I send you that little video at at your at y'all's emails, I think you'll reconsider. Mm. All right, I'll check it out. All right. Well, that's pretty you. much all I want to talk about. Yeah. Next time I'll do the Cleopatra thing because I I like ripping it apart. Is there a monarchy yeah. angle to that? Is there a? <laughs> there is a monarchy okay. angle, but I'll discuss that later. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks for calling. See you later. Yeah, have a good night. Okay, let's take one more before the top of the hour. Alex, God Eye. Mr. God Eye, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, it's basically, do you think it makes sense to want to desire, um, sorry, <laughs> do you think it makes sense to want to desire something that you don't currently desire? Like to, to have the desire to desire something. You want to want something? I want you to want me? Or would that, no, I want. <laughs> I want to want something I that want, I don't currently want. I want to want you. Yeah. If I were to phrase that song yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that or, makes sense. Like, like you want to be the kind of person that wants to be accepted by people, but you mm. just don't give a fuck. Okay. I feel like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's possible to change uh, one's own desires? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I. I well, I don't know. I, I, I what I want out of my life is very different at 35 than it was at 25. Maybe that's just a natural progression. That was organic. though. Yeah. I think a lot of that is decisions that I actively made. And I think you were a party to many of those decisions, at least. Yeah, but those were things that, that you wanted fundamentally. Yeah, maybe. Although there was a time in my life where I sincerely questioned whether I should or wanted to be a dad, for example. Yeah, but most people do. And then you kind of come to the conclusion that is something you want. Can you be more specific? Are we talking about you? Um, no, it could be it could be anything. It could be like a person that wants to uh, lose weight and they know that it would be easy for them to lose weight if they desire to eat less. And so they want to desire to eat less, but, you know, they're addicted to food. They, yeah, it's they, kind of they want a, to eat more. It's it's sort of a, another way of phrasing willpower in that way. Like, I want to want to achieve this, <laughs> if that makes sense. But the hurdles or the obstacles are too difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, th- we we reprogram or adjust our desire to achieve things all the time. Mindset. Obviously, we have limitations as human beings. There are certain physical things I can't do. I can't flap my arms enough to fly. But if I have a mindset that says I'm going to, I'm going to, 
200 years ago, 300 years ago, if you had the mindset, I'm going to somehow create a device that mimics birds and I will fly through that mechanism. Well, there's a there's a desire that was decided upon someday and eventually realized and acted on until it was realized. I think that that I think decisions I think we make decisions about our desires and our motivations all the time. In fact, I think. Sorry, there goes Bond for a second. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's an interesting question I hadn't thought about too much. What percent of motives are innate and what percent of motives are something that you decide on every day? I think we make a lot more decisions than we realize. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. Uh, May I ask another question? Sure. We'll sure. have to be quick, though, because we got to take a break soon, but go for it. But he's so polite. He okay. is very polite. That's that's why I'm <laughs> saying absolutely yes. Uh, do you think it's possible um, to be happy whilst, you know, living your whole life without experiencing um, romantic love or mm. sex? So this was a question about sex, because you don't want to have sex, but you think you should want to want to have sex. Psychiatrist, bound um, here, psychologist, whatever the term would be. Is just a question. I mean, the, these two questions are separate questions that I, yeah. that I had, really. Do you think it's it's possible to be happy? Yeah, totally. Some people <clears throat> are just not really wired for romantic relationships, um, and I don't even know if that's a if that's a personal fault, you know. Even if you aren't wired for romantic relationships, I still think almost everybody is wired for the basic desires or necessities of family, children, uh, romantic partnership with your spouse. Even if you're not the, uh, you know, buy flowers and woo her type, which generally speaking, I am not personally. But the satisfaction that I get out of marriage and out of my son um is something that has enhanced my life to levels that were previously unachieved. I I didn't even understand what a complete life was until I entered this phase of my life. So yeah, but, but, but also getting those things, it doesn't make the majority of people happy. Hello. Oh, did we lose it? Can you hear us now? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Oh, sorry. Getting those things doesn't make the majority of people happy. Getting what things? Marriage and having children. Like these you I have don't all think this... it makes the majority of people happy? No, I love Emmeline so much. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I have all of the same problems now, the same insecurities, the same issues and everything like that that I had before I had her. So like she's brought a different element of joy to my life, but she hasn't solved my problems. In, in fact, she's introduced an entirely new host of problems. <laughs> but they're, they're, pro- <clears throat> they're problems in pursuit of purpose. They're yes, not problems. And the purpose is what brings people contentment i'm exactly. I I'm apprehensive to talk about people about joy because i don't think that happiness that we should strive for happiness is like a continuous state of being that's a really dangerous thing like you want to be mm-hmm. content yeah it's not and then you want to have some ebbs and some flows in yeah. life but generally you want to be content but like seeking joy i think is a dangerous thing Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, I okay. would agree that, that that it's not even it, it's contentment might be misguided too. It's purpose, and through purpose you find those things. But that is why, Alex, I would say that that even if someone has doubts about their suitability for romance and for sex and all of these things, yeah. 
in general, you should still pursue those things <laughs> while being as honest and open with your uh, with your spouse or the person that you're dating, your fiance, whoever, um, as possible. Just because that that fulfillment, I think, is part of a complete human life for pretty much everybody. Oh yeah, there are yeah. Ri- very rare <laughs> types of people who are true loners and you know want to go live in the woods in Alaska by themselves or something like that. But, and then you have to think about like why don't you want these things? Um, people like Ted Kaczynski, they're just not interested. It's like, it's like a family would have gotten away in, in the way of his higher intellectual pursuits and all of the things that he had to offer to society, all the invaluable things that Ted Kaczynski had to offer to society. Um, but for somebody like this hypothetical person that you're talking about, that's clearly you, is it fear that is getting in the way of this? Like, do you really not want these things because of fear or insecurity or laziness? Is it some kind of personal fault that's allowing you to pursue these things and you're just being delusional and saying like, Oh, I I don't want these things. Um, I, maybe, maybe fear, uh, of (laughs) things going wrong or, um, or fear of the unknown. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Then you do want these things. You just um, are so afraid. I wanted, so Matt, in your case, would you say then that in your opinion, it's a necessary condition, but not sufficient for happiness or necessary, or for, but not sufficient? Pressure? Well, no, I do think it is sufficient. Um, I think it's both oh, necessary it's sufficient? and sufficient. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that for me personally, I think for, I shouldn't even say for me personally, I think for the overwhelming majority of people, that happiness, purpose, fulfillment, contentment, all of these terms that we're using, they are found in family. Uh, and and I think to that extent, everybody should pursue that. Okay. Okay. Whereas blonde, maybe you don't think it's necessary or? Well, <clears throat> I think it's different for men. I think for women, 99.9% of the time, it's necessary. I think that men do better in the absence of romantic relationships because they um, can find other avenues for their creativity. But women, they're, if you can create life, then anything else you're going to create is like worthless, right? Um, so I don't think that women are as good as finding an alternative. Everything seems to pale in comparison to their ability, their desire to create life. But men, it's like you don't have a family. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go get really good at this This one thing and men are just better at it but i don't think it's ideal i think that the average person does the best in a stable pair bonded marriage with children okay thank you very much for your for your answers well thanks for calling me alex i appreciate it (laughs) all the best goodbye all the best okay we are due for a break addicted to drums over (laughs) on rumble says thanks thank you as always, we're good uh, on Odyssey. We're good on D Live. Let's catch up with Tippy and YouTube. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Holden Mulray, I, I think, was where I, where we left off for me. Hi, Truth Seekers. I went into Target yesterday to see how far they're taking the spectacle of uh, the. I guess these are pride uh, emojis. It must be leaving. I thought. Um, if I had my prescription at the Target pharmacy, I could easily move them. Just saying. Ah, um, yeah, as in, are, are, I guess, are you thinking of uh, methods to join in the boycott and or meddle with the pride merchandise? Uh, certainly. Um, like I said, my 
Target, we don't do a ton of shopping at Target, but for our family, it's like diapers and then uh, some of my favorite flannels I have found at Target. So I'm going to have to figure out the situation there. But uh, the good news is I have enough flannels to to last me probably a decade, so I don't even have to go flannel shopping necessarily. Uh, Thanks, Holden. Appreciate it. Euthanasia says, why do they call me euthanasia? Why can't I be youth in Africa or youth in America or something? Even youth in Australia would be better. But uh, you have to call your but you have me looking like a communist with this euthanasia stuff. Well, blonde is not here to defend Chinese honor. And I don't know that I can do that sufficiently. But uh, my apologies to euthanasia for this defamation. Long Dong John says, I have a friend who was a train driver. Do had someone kill herself by lying on the tracks in front of the train he was driving, driving, it fucked him up, even though it wasn't his fault. Was he a victim? And how about parents who have to bury their child? Yeah, I think um, that, that certainly in the situation that you're describing there, there is some level of an intentional victim. Now, of course, again, we have the question of what state, state of mind was this person in? Were they in a right. rational state of mind to make the sort <clears throat> of decision that would be necessary to victimize another person in that way? But yeah, I think that's why people say that suicide is a selfish act, too. Obviously, your life uh, has meaningful connections to many, many people, whether you consider them meaningful in that moment or right, not or not. Um, and so there, there's really there is nobody on this earth. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There's almost nobody on this earth who could commit suicide and not have someone and more realistically, a, a sizable group of people feel a, a serious amount of anguish about that for a long time. And uh, yeah, like, are they victims? Are those people victims in the same way? Like uh, victims of crime are victims. Like if someone comes up and punches you in the face or someone steals your stuff, it, it's a it's a different quality. I don't know that it's the same direct violation of your rights with maybe the exception of the guy like laying on the tracks to have you kill him. I mean, that's even the Minneapolis one. Like, how do you feel if you're the driver of that train? Cause some guy, yeah. that was a murder situation, even though I guess <clears throat> prosecutors disagree. It wasn't a suicide, but I mean, he wouldn't have even seen that. There was literally nothing he could have done. Even still, don't you think it, we would bother you to no. know that you were dry <laughs> you would sleep like a baby the next night. Well, you saw how quickly it happened. The train wasn't even moving that yeah. slowly or that quickly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just uh, anyway, the, back to the to the theme of the of the chat here. It's just, yeah, is there is there a such thing as a suicide that doesn't have external consequences for other people? I don't think there is. And so that is a consideration in its uh, how we characterize it morally too. Sam 8000 says, if I only have two weeks to live, but I'm going to suffer for those two weeks, I'd rather die surrounded by my family and friends. And that's, I can understand that thinking. If you are a terminally ill person and you are in <clears throat> anguish and you are suffering and you would like to have the, uh, the dignity as they call it of, ha- of ending your life on your terms, surrounded by your family in a situation where death is coming for you imminently. I can listen to that. I just, like yeah. I said, I need very strict guardrails on that because when we start going down this trail where everyone has the right to end their lives on the terms that they wish, um, you know, m- maybe in moral terms, that's true between you and God, I suppose. But we also have the legal matter here where when you're talking about assisted suicide, you're, you're talking about 
as the name says, someone else assisting <laughs> you in doing it. It's not yep. you disappearing into the woods. It is someone injecting a chemical into you. Uh, whatever methods they may use to, to end your life, someone is killing you. That's what's happening in that situation. We need to be very mindful of that and keep that as limited as possible if we use it at all. And yeah, I'd be interested if there are people who are more hardline on it, um, who say even in the case of terminal illness, it should never be allowed. I would like to hear the best steel man version of that argument because I feel like maybe maybe there's something about that argument that I'm that I'm missing. Or maybe it's just as simple as every life has inherent value. Every life has inherent purpose. If you if you knowingly intentionally cut that value and purpose short, that's murder. End of story. Maybe it's as simple as that. Not that it's wrong if it's simple. I just I think that that is as simple as it is. Um, we should probably, uh, you want to read a couple and then we'll get, uh, sure. Uh, did you do gnar lanterns? No. Lanterns. Puberty blockers and trans kids are a workaround so pedophiles can get age of consent prepubescence to bang while simultaneously creating a climate to lower the age of consent. Um, yeah. Is this why I default assume that all people that have major gender identity disorders are pedophiles? Oh, uh, wait, I have to... <laughs> I, I I didn't see that one on my screen, so I want to read it once more. Or can you read it to me once more? Because I, I feel like I didn't catch Puberty all. Puberty blockers and trans kids are a workaround, so pedophiles can get age of consent prepubescence to bang while simultaneously oh. creating a climate to lower the age of consent. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay, yeah, it's like it's planting the seeds of children can consent to this, therefore they can consent to other stuff too. Yeah, that's the idea. Ah. Uh, if I were going to sit here and not think about the next steps, what have I been watching for the last X amount of years? Everything is a step towards something else. Yeah, yeah. It would make sense that this would go that direction. Ten years ago, I would have said, get out of here, Rick. You're crazy. Yeah. As in yeah. Santorum. But now I'm contemplating <clears throat> the wisdom in your foresight. Morena wrote. I hate it when people do this. Okay. Morena Rose 86. Like Because I say something like, you guys are going to be able to make me change my mind by applying it to my personal situation emotional okay what if your daughter got pregnant from a rape of a colored man is this about my <clears throat> my, my rape punishment commentary or is this about assume. my stance on abortion <laughs> yeah i guess you have to cl- i don't i don't know i'm going to assume this fits in the context of you uh being a rape apologist to start the show um listen like like how i feel this would be a disaster if this happened to my daughter it would be a disaster but i genuinely think that if it were not penalized as harshly as murder, that there would be fewer resultant murders post rape. I, I hmm. actually think that. That sounds is, really counterintuitive to me, but your thinking yes. is it's just the once you've raped, you might as well murder. And this happened. Do we have stats on that? Sorry. How could you possibly how could you possibly study that, though? Is there, yeah, I guess if someone was I mean, murdered, so, how, well, no, don't they, it's a lot of times they can tell from a body if it was sexually violated, right? Yeah. Then, you know, sexual crimes often result in murder, but we don't know who would have um, stopped at the rape and who would have stopped at the murder or if the murder, since everybody denies they murdered somebody, like if there was a lesser punishment for rape, if they wouldn't have murdered the person, there's like no way to collect this data. Hmm. But like, let's say you rape somebody, like you can't control your sexual urges and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to get 30 years for this um, if I get caught. And if I murder her and I don't get caught, then I'm looking at 
30 years to life, but I might not get caught. Is this from all, just uh, the rape from just the rape? If she, if, if I get caught for this, like the, the punishment is so bad that I might as well just murder. Is this all a theory of yours or is there evidence to this effect? Have oh, there is no evidence. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I uh, will have to hear more about it later because we got to get to our callers. We're running out of time here. I've but, said everything about it that I can. Um, I'll have to just circle back with Thank you. Thank you, Chatters. <laughs> we'll come back to you at the end of the stream. Buddha Fett uh, is the eyeball man, is he not? I am the eyeball man. Hello. Okay. So what's Boy. the situation? Is the eyeball in Blonde's It is in my possession. possession and okay. I became... Oh, how do I get out of talking? Okay. I became inexplicably concerned about the content of the chemicals in the eyeball and i had to have other people handle it even though i was being um oh way i see paranoid you're just being very careful yeah all right yeah. i'm being very very careful yeah. about it but his eyeball did arrive i've been told it's in excellent condition my parents have it right now got it and then my mom she's like all mad at me She's like, you just want people to think you're weird. Who collects body this out of this collection? <laughs> like, listen, I, I don't know. It, it is weird. And I like the shock value it gives people. But like, it's a it's it's super cool from like an anatomical standpoint. This is the might be the coolest thing that ever comes into my possession my entire life. Right. Why do people why do people think that this is so horrible? This Nibba got this removed from his head and he's still fine with it. I have my concerns about trading and exchanging body parts, but I, and Budafed, I didn't mean to hijack your call with that topic. I just wanted to clarify. So if you want to discuss something else, feel free. Uh, Well, first dangerous faces wanted me to remind you guys that it's the last last show of the month. Yeah. And um, the topic I want to go over is devotees and the ethics of, of them. Devotees, devotees of what? as in like people who are into someone because of their disability, like people who are into amputees or into blind people. Whoa. Or things oh, like you, that. you have a fan club already. Is this what you're saying? Uh, it's you and uh, today, it's I you do. and Dan Cranshaw with the eye. Weird. Is somebody trying to like yeah, put it in I, your eye hole? Someone or messaged something? me over Reddit <laughs> on uh, about one of my posts on there. Dude, you got a fresh eye this. hole. Hit me up. Yeah, and she's like, I want to yeah. put my fingers in there. And I'm like, oh, what? that's that's a little weird. He does have an excellent beard, though. So maybe we should throw this chick a bone. <laughs> that's unfortunate yeah. phrasing in this context. Oh, that is true. I anyway. have immediate regret. But it's one of those things of like, as far as dating them, the person. Well, if it's he- just that that they're in for. Well, wait a minute. Are you, uh, aren't you a married man? Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Uh, so you're on no, the market. No, I escaped the abuse of marriage. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but, uh. Why did I say it like that? Good for you. Okay. Yeah, so, but... uh, are you asking in the context of a potential dating relationship or are you just asking in general, if, if somebody wants to poke my eye, should I let them poke my eye oh. or where my eye used to be? My eye socket. Uh, more on the dating aspect of it. Huh. Uh, I personally, if that was me, I would be very skeptical about that sort of thing. Uh, I I wouldn't want to start a relationship off on the basis of some sort of fetish for lack of a better term. It seems like that's what it might be. Have you ever dated somebody that's fetishized you for some reason though? (laughs) Um, well, my wife listened to the show for a long time. Oh, right. Um, 
maybe that's sort of comparable, but I guess to the extent those might be similar as in she had an interest in me because of, you know, what, what I have on the internet and because she's someone who listened to that. Um, our relationship still started out on the very serious discussion points though. We didn't talk about the show on our first date. We didn't talk about politics necessarily. We talked about what are you looking for in life? What do you want to achieve? Are we on the same page here? Are you in or are you out with my vision of the future? Mm. And I suppose if, if you got a eye socket poking lady that, that could be fine as long as that's not the basis for your relationship. If she wants to touch the eye, or the eye socket, that shouldn't be the reason that she's there. She should be there for a higher purpose. And if there's a little eye touching on the side, I guess maybe that's okay. So like it's, it's okay because if you have a weird sex thing with your flannels and it's just an aside, <laughs> you're you know, it's not like the whole like, thing. I don't think she was a flannel fetishist to be okay. fair. Um, I guess what I'm saying is you just want to be sure that she's there for the right reasons. And if she's yep. there for the right reasons, then I don't necessarily have a problem with, yeah that's kind of where i'm at is like yeah if this is how we meet that's one thing but you just met her on reddit and she's already talking about like sex eye stuff yes Uh, maybe maybe half of her face is just burned off and she thinks you guys would be like a perfect match quite because you couldn't see the half of her face that was burned (laughs) off come on god (laughs) The blonde is excellently explaining her own jokes. I know, this is terrible. <laughs> terrible. I don't know. I think I'm out. I think it's too weird. Like, it's not like fetishizing somebody because, because they're, I don't know. It's like a way too unconventional reason to fetishize somebody. Yeah. I'm, I think, and I'm going to be, I'll give it a week and see how things evolve. And if it's still her primary focus of the conversation, then I'm out. What, what, where okay. did you find her on Reddit? Was this under uh, like seeking traditional marriage subreddit or was this under ISAC? No, it was under uh, medical gore subreddit where I okay. posted. <laughs> so you went uh, to the freaks. Yeah, I right. posted my my saga of my eye over there and ah. she saw that. And well, wait a minute. Me. OK, well, now what, I'm starting to. Was this blonde who messaged you? <laughs> <laughs> Because I do frequent such, uh, I've never messaged anybody, but I do frequent such subreddits. I don't know, but then like, it's not something you have to get over with another chick. Yeah, do you know anybody that's too. grossed out by eyes? Like I went on this date with this guy one time and I like itched like my eye and he just freaked out. He's like, I got this thing with eyes. And, like I, it just, it grossed me out like, so much. touch it? Well, I didn't like stick my finger in my eye. I had like an eyelash or something on. I went like that. Yeah. And he was like, <gasps> I was like, he freaked out. And I was like, okay, bro. Like, but people have a thing with eyes. Uh, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to poke anybody's eye socket. That's missing an eye. That's not my thing. Well, I, I wouldn't seek you out, but if you were already my, like if this happened to my husband, I'd be like, I got to see what's going on in there. I guess I am curious <laughs> now that now that she mentions it, maybe I have a few questions that I'd like to have examined. Uh, can, can I ask a few questions or is that to uh, go for it? How far, like how deep is the socket? So it's, there's a 22 millimeter in diameter uh, ball of synthetic coral. Oh, so they fill they it put with something. In. 
Yeah, so okay. it's it's noticeably sunken compared to the other one with my eyes closed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, the coral's really neat because you can the muscles will actually attach to it. Oh wow! Where they sew them, so onto that just it. stays in. That's permanent. That's not something you yeah. put in like a glass and then or something. The tissue that's around your eye that keeps like a hair that's in your eye from going all the way around the back of it. Yeah, they uh, sewed that up to cover it up. So, oh my god! Like you should marry this girl. Over. I changed my mind. Uh, yeah, we're we're into it now. <laughs> um, how how is your uh, how's your depth person? Well, I guess you lost the vision a long time ago, right? So but yeah, I've, how, I've been blind for, for quite a while. Okay. Uh, Are your headaches better? Oh yeah, worlds better. So your quality uh, of life even is the day is after they removed the eye when I had all the post surgery pain, it was still less pain than I was in before it. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, keep us updated, man. Whatever you decide here, I just I hope that uh, I, I hope that you vet her for being in it for the right reasons. If you decide to pursue, but uh, if uh, if there's more to the story, feel free to uh, to clue us in. The saga Will of the missing eye is fascinating. All right, oh, have yes. a great night, guys. You as well. Bye. Okay, uh, one of the great usernames, Chief Slingin' Beef. <laughs> What beef do you have to sling this evening? Apparently none. I can't hear anything. Can you? He's over there slinging his beef. Mr. Slinging Beef, I'm sorry. We'll have to come back to you. Let's try New Beezer. New Beezer, are you there? Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Actually, it was some of the, I, I had original topics, but some of the stuff that uh, some of the previous callers talked about was far more interesting, and I thought uh, I wanted to expand on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first one is kind of quick, and this is I'm going to uh, give some of the positives of AI art. Oh, yeah. Please do. Well, I, I feel like I'm uh, not negative. crediting it, so go ahead. Uh, the first thing, like why I'm interested in it, is because... I've never been visually artistically inclined. I'm still a creative person, however. And because mm-hmm. of that, this AI art, like you still have to work at it a bit to to finesse it in order to get it to come out normal. But um, like, for example, in the uh, 30K campaign or in books that I want to write, if I want to show a picture of something that I'm describing, instead of having to go and purchase uh like go and have a commission done by somebody i can then just uh, describe it to the machine and the machine spits it back at me and says okay well what about this and then try to adapt it after the fact the same thing with like chat gpt doing a first draft of something which i know that i'm going to rewrite 98 percent of it but it is interesting to see like it, it gives a framework that you can use as a first draft. I know some people doing legal stuff um, will say, okay, well, write me the a like a generic contract for this type of an agreement, at which point it generates it in like two, three seconds. You then read through it as a professional and just change the, um, the pertinent so details. The professionals are just you. robot checkers, robot proofreaders. Yeah. Man. I'm a robot editor. I uh, I hate this. I'm I'm generally a <clears throat> fan of technological advancement, and I I used to scoff at the idea that we were all going to be replaced by robots in the future because there were Yet certain tasks are. that humans will always have to do, and so we should embrace 
technological advancement because it makes us more efficient. I guess I still believe that to a large degree, but I am getting pretty worried about the idea that we don't necessarily need artists, writers, lawyers. Uh, how long robots are already doing surgeries too, in some contexts. So yet I'm fine with that. Would you prefer a robot or a doctor? Depends which doctor, <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. What's their race and gender? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, tranny. No deal. Yeah. Give tranny who robot, did his own long. surgery. Absolutely. And not. did a great did he job. Do his own surgery with a robot. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> but that's kind of the argument that you're making, I think, right. Is that it would allow us to achieve number one, certain thing, like certain, uh, skills or abilities Plus, it would allow for us as humans to have more efficient uses of time because we don't have to sit and draft up a legal document, for example. We just have the robot do that for us. Is that a fair representation yeah. of what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, and also some of the uh, some of the artwork that I've seen produce some of the best stuff, the stuff that has won the uh, won awards uh, stealthily. That, quite frankly, I think that some of it is quite beautiful and like where blonde was saying that oh well what is the purpose of art it's humans expressing their humanity to other humans mm -hmm. well what about a, like a landscape piece of art <clears throat> i wait a I landscape that, what like if, if you have like a painting of a landscape mm -hmm. uh there, there's many artists that have made very very famous paintings of just uh like oh here there's a there's an island there's a tree and i use a particular color palette now, on the other hand, if an AI generates something very similar or uh, even more detailed or less detailed, maybe it's an impressionist piece, but the, the AI generates it. I mean, it's still just a landscape. Nope. That's not a humanity. Uh, That's not true, though, because some of the most beautiful humans. landscapes convey, uh, <clears throat> convey human emotions or capture something that is kind but of the AI beyond that. Off of humans. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out on this one. I, I hate all of this. The artistry was supposed to be for men, by men. Now it's just going to be like a, an art walk, and it's just going to be robots looking at the art of AI-created art. That, that's the next thing. It's going to be robot art for robots. I After hate all of this. After they killed you. After, After they, they kill murder, me, yeah. Murder us all. They're going to have their worse, They're going to rape us first, then murder us. That's true, which is worse. Yeah. Okay, the other the other point that I wanted to make was uh, <laughs> thank you for referring... that transition. Yeah. Very well done. <laughs> yeah, uh, was uh, one of the other callers talked about wanting to want something. Yeah, sure. And like in my case, for example, uh, I've come up with several designs that I'd like to see uh, patented. I want to see these actually built and uh, like make a business out of it. The problem is that after i get to a certain point like after you've written out all of the plans like okay here here's the cost structure here is how much it's going like here are the criteria for whether or not this is going to be successful or not like how do you evaluate whether you're being successful or not here are the different legal requirements that i have here are the different uh like do i have appropriate market research for this product etc as well as actually building and testing the product um the problem is all of a sudden, once you get past a certain point, the desire or the interest in the thing just disappears. It, it reduces to like 10% of what it was initially. And that 10% isn't enough to carry you through 
all of the difficulties of being like an mm. entrepreneur or bringing a new product to market. So in my case, I want to want to continue doing these products, but they're it's like after I've solved the interesting piece or that piece that I think is like, oh, hey, here's an interesting way to solve your problem and yeah. that people would probably pay money for, then I don't care anymore. Well, it's, it's just, it's a, this is another way of phrasing, finding ways, finding motivation. How do we maintain motivation in general? To want to want something is motivation to achieve that task. How do you maintain it? And I think some of us are more motivated than others, but I, I, as we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of that is a, a conscious decision that you make. I am driven to achieve this because I've decided that I'm driven to achieve it. I get up every morning and I put myself to that task no matter what, because I make that active decision. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously that doesn't mean that you pursue every opportunity that you have. And there are some dead ends like you're talking about, but. So I, would it be fair to say that you're, you're in the camp of believing that motivation follows action? I think that we exercise a lot of influence psychologically on our own motivation. I'm sure that biologically some people are mo more motivated than others, but I think that being motivated <laughs> to get up and achieve things is a decision that you make every day. Mm -hmm. And people should focus on making that decision actively so they don't waste away their lives doing pointless things or lounging around not being productive. I'm not saying that you are, obviously. I'm just saying that I think that... Um, that being motivated and quitting are both decisions that, that we make and we should be conscious of those things. Well, the only thing that I would uh, comment on that is how do you increase, uh, like how do you consciously decide to increase motivation for doing something? Because if you're trying to do something and you spend, I don't know, let's say, uh, 500 hours working on something or you mm -hmm. spend like several months pursuing something. Yeah. And it feels like you've got like, there's no gas left in the tank. If, You're running if, on fumes. If you put in that much effort and you have zero result to show for it. I mean, everyone has to have their own threshold of moving on, right? There's not uh if you are banging your head against a wall and it is just not succeeding for that amount of time, despite that amount of effort, there is, there is um, wisdom in moving on from a lost cause frequently. But I think that even still, if you decide that this project that you're working on is a dead end, it is not going to achieve what you were looking for, you still take that motivation that you had for it and you apply it somewhere else. The way that we find success mm -hmm. is by being consistently motivated, by constantly putting up that high effort until it works. And the, and the secret is, or the trick is, that eventually you do that over and over again, even in the face of failures, you move on to a different task. You put up the best effort that you can every single time. Eventually you will succeed. You will mm -hmm. find the spot that you're supposed to be in and you will succeed in that effort. So maybe the trick is, is maintaining motivation for new things after failure. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. as simple as that. Well, well, that's the thing though. Like, um, one of, one of the, uh, products that we worked on, we were getting success. Uh, mm -hmm. we had external people that were giving us money for it. There was, um, like we were, we were pursuing patents on it. Uh, we were getting investment mm -hmm. at the same time. So like I can look at that and say, okay, these are external proofs that we were being successful. Yeah. However, you're just running on fumes because you don't 
care about the project anymore. Right. Ah. But it's the larger goal. You have to focus on the larger goal. What you, is the larger goal? Retaining got... the client, making more money, yeah. having more success. What is it for you? Well, that's the thing. The the only thing that was the motivating factor, the thing that drove, like the, the driving factor, was the, uh, the just the problem solving, just figuring out how to do something that hasn't been done before. Hmm. And then as soon as that has been figured out, now Any I know the longer next care. thing. Well, yeah, that's how people about are about all things. Like if you just became satiated from task completion after a single task, nobody would do, nobody would get any better at anything, right? So that's, you're supposed to be like pretty satisfied and get that, that sense of accomplishment, but then you're supposed to continue to move on. So I don't, I don't see why this is a problem. Speaking Sounds of, we, we got to wrap this one up, but I'll. It's I'll, exhausting, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, thank you for the call. And uh, I want you to want to want it, New Leisure. Thank you. <laughs> have, have a great night. You too. I feel like I'm uh, starting to sound like um, Brian Griffin self-help or something. And this is not, I'm not <laughs> making fun of the callers. I think that they're, how to maintain motivation is a serious philosophical question we should yeah. all think about. But at some level, I feel like I'm responding Wish it, want it, do it, like his uh, his book on Family Guy. Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to wish it. Then you got to want it and finally do it. Wasn't wishing it and wanting it basically the same thing? Yeah, but <laughs> when you separate them out, it makes so much more sense. Anyway, True. time to talk to Dangerous Spaces, our friendly call screener for his uh, customary final call of the month. Hey there. Uh, I was going to check with you guys before we do it, though. Um, apparently, you guys have a lot of email questions that you think you're going to have to be quick to go through. Mm-hmm. Me. We're nearly 10 minutes past calls. You want to put this one off for a week? Uh, no, no, especially because uh, I have the, m- I, the next couple of weeks are going to be a little bit of wild card situations because I got the money yeah, coming up. Yeah, that's fair enough. And- I suppose- yeah, you got the house stuff. And- yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. So we'll just, I only ask- know, we might have to be a little I bit only quick, ask because I also didn't. I only asked because I didn't really think of a topic. I tried to come up with one because I try to make these, you know, it's a scheduled call. I try to make them worthwhile, but I couldn't really think of anything. So I don't know if you guys have a topic that um, no one's brought up that you've really wanted to talk about. You're annoyed that people haven't brought up. So. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm ever annoyed that people don't bring up a certain. There's nothing I'm dying to, to talk about necessarily. Uh, you want to talk? The, the House is about to vote on the debt ceiling deal. Did they vote already? That's exciting. Um, no, I don't know if they have. James uh, O'Keefe is getting sued by Project Veritas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. the the, uh, the debt ceiling bill did pass the House. So, yeah, fair enough. That's uh, that's incredible. The day is saved. Fair um, enough. No, I don't know. There's, I don't know that there's that much uh, that's really uh, pressing on my mind at the moment. Do you have anything, Blonde, that you're dying to talk about? Lots of things. All right, go Not for really. it. No. <laughs> no, not really. Okay, well, you know what? Here, here's one that's somewhat All right. self-serving. Um, wh- who would be a dream guest for you guys if you could get anyone? It doesn't necessarily even have to be topical. It's just it'd be really cool if we get, could get them onto the show. Uh, a live person? Like this yeah, obviously. Real, yes. Well, I'm just saying, are dead but, people available in this type of well, thing? Well, I, in, I mean for an interview. So, yes, yeah. a live person, because otherwise it might be a slightly boring interview. Um, always Ann Coulter Ann Coulter and Tucker are like my man, my dream folk. 
Ann Coulter might be gettable. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of gone down in status. Well, she just hates on Trump on Twitter all day. And I'm not even saying Trump deserves worship or something, but yeah, she seems awfully bitter lately, even for her. Yeah, yeah she does. Would you kind of go, well, you know, you know, women getting to be old and childless, I can understand somewhat, but <laughs> maybe she's, she's does, like 60. Her bitterness does seem to be quite specific. So maybe she's finally succumbing. Ann Coulter is always the cited example of this is the one chick who's never going to get blonde's disease. And yeah. uh, maybe it's happening. But if you if you bang yeah. Bill Maher, it's it's bound to get you. I, it's, think. I know, I know. I don't know who. Uh, who would I want to talk I, to? I, I guess if if my get the guest would probably be dependent on what information I could get out of them. Is there some piece of information I'm seeking that one particular person would have that I can't access elsewhere? Because I have I have tried Tucker. Um, there's been a couple of emails that uh, a couple of contact methods I've tried that haven't just kicked back and said this is not an existing email so i don't know who they reach so i don't know if they even get close to him being seen i have tried him a couple of times hmm. which by the way i did find it funny a few weeks ago when you mentioned on the sunday stream that i was trying to get hold of him yeah i did find it funny that your your um what's the word i'm looking for your kind of response to if i got hold of him was We'll have to give you a raise because, you know, that's pretty good. That'd be deserving of it. Blonde's <laughs> response was to pimp me out. So thank you, Blonde. That was lovely. <laughs> there you go. Because um, I don't know if you remember that, but you literally said Matt and you could, uh, Matt and Dangerous could literally make love. It's like, oh, uh, thank you for, you know, volunteering me, but whatever. And Matt, I'll do suppose, anything yeah. for the show. No. How about uh, this is, uh, you know who I want? Um, well, I want. Either Joe Biden or John Fetterman. I want one of the two. Or both together. That'd be really yeah. fun. Those are my guests. I mean, we, we could always give him a try. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Uh, email Fetterman's office. See if he's doing interviews. I'd be really interested to see just sort of what sort of response I would get. Uh, not, not necessarily because Fetterman's kind of incoherent, but just in terms of, you know, uh, no, we don't want people trying to prompt him to have discussions because we don't want people to see that he's yeah. you, know, you know a brain dead incoherent moron. There is opportunity here and maybe you and I can talk about it uh by email later because I've always yeah. one project I've always wanted to work on that I've never I don't have the the resources to do but if I could make a high production thing like if I could travel around with a, a production team and make really high quality interviews where you go and find the person the one thing I've always wanted to see is um in the spirit of, of like web redemption from Tosh.0, it wouldn't have to be a comedy piece, but I want to go find Trigley Puff and Aid Skrillex and all oh, yeah. of these meme people and see just see what diseases they have now or just see what it's like to become uh, an Internet meme in that way. It's not even like a let's make fun of these people thing. I would love to do what? a there, I mean, there might be a little bit of that, but I'd love to do a where are they now with all of those <laughs> viral Internet characters of politics now if i were to ask you to help out with something like that i don't even know how you would find these people they're not like public personalities so that is true and it would it would be difficult but yeah that'd be an interesting project to at least try and i would love to to, worst worst case scenario it would be something that could be tried and then determined yeah this is too difficult it's not going to work and it just gets scrapped but you know if we could get moldy locks on a sunday show oh yeah the one i'd be curious 
the one I'd be curious to see you guys revisit because you had them on the show was I can't even remember what his full name was River River something oh, River, River Gibbs. Gibbs now River Gibbs River is not Gibbs. coming back that old Twinkle Toes really abused the uh, the courtesy that he was he was given um, and we try like Blonde kind of likes him or at least you I did do. I, something about him he's he has this sort of charisma about him, but he was just a huge asshole after the fact. And we didn't even treat him unfairly. I had to block him on everything because he wouldn't leave me alone. Is he still a thing? Let me look. I think he got yeah, that- banished from the Michael Jackson impersonator community. He had a big Michael Jackson impersonator YouTube channel. And then he got banished for he's still around being gay while impersonating Michael Jackson or something like that or he making so Michael Jackson now. gay. Oh, he hasn't had posted a video in two years. Yeah. That's unfair because the dude, oh my goodness, I'm blanking his name, but the dude that impersonated Michael Jackson and also beat up people before, you know. Jordan Neely? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jordan Neely. Yeah. Which, to be fair, no one no one cared that he impersonated Michael Jackson. Their issue was that he impersonated Joe Jackson a bit too much. <laughs> that was the fair. problem people had with him. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, we do have to get to those email questions. But, uh, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Thanks thanks for your, uh, your support and your help, as always. And... Uh, we will uh we'll catch you next time. And I'll um while I'm thinking about it, as of now, I don't plan any stream interruptions related to this move. I'm actually yeah. going to the to the house that we're moving to tomorrow to get the internet set up ahead of the move. Oh, okay. So you were able to get it set up. So, as long as you don't have as long as you don't have the issue that I had at my house here, I think it was seven visits between two companies, because you got one company that sort of owns the network so to speak and then all the other companies just use their infrastructure i got one tech coming tomorrow and we're gonna get the internet set up and i'm gonna test it make sure that it is suitable for my streaming purposes and then uh one week from tonight will be the final stream i do in this space and then two weeks from tonight will be the first stream no the final call-in show because we will have a sunday show on the 11th that will still be Mm -hmm. in here the first stream from the new spot will be the 14th and as of now i expect that to go on as planned and i hope that we're able to do that because i'd rather test the new connection on a wednesday stream than on a sunday stream if i can in case it goes totally haywire wednesday is a a better testing spot for having the thing be a total disaster than sunday sorry sorry quick question i don't want to take up too much more of your time because you guys do have a lot to get through um are you expecting you're going to have your background everything set up in the new thing for the sunday um there's probably gonna be a gap that's uh, less i am gonna take the same sort of studio air quotes studio but i am gonna take this the same sort of set space uh over there so at at least to start i'm not going to change anything visually but there might be a stream or two where it's just blank white wall because i don't yeah i was was curious as to whether you're going to be able to get it set up depending on what other stuff you got to do and things yeah it it, yeah it's going to depend on a lot of things but the the internet is getting set up tomorrow and of course maintaining what I do is of high priority. So right now I'm hoping for no interruption to the streams at all. No worries. Well, as I always say, if there is anything I can help out with, just, you know, shoot a message to me and I'll, I'll do what I can do to help out. So, all right. Well, thanks for your help. No Appreciate worries. it very much. Have a good night That's or a good day. day. See ya. Good day. Okay, that'll do it on callers. Thanks to everybody who called in this evening. As a reminder, if you would like to participate in the show, but you can't call in or you're having trouble getting in, send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question. And by my count, we have something like 25. We're going to have to just... We're going to do one minute response lightning round to these questions. Thanks for uh, 
for bearing with us on that question, askers. And uh, if you feel the need to expand on a question, you can send us another one in a future week. But Scott says some anti-Catholics, excuse me, love quoting one Timothy or Tim two five and one mediator as a reason not to ask Mary and the saints to pray for us. But you only have to go back four verses to the start of the chapter where Paul asks us to pray for each other. And Catholics believe Jesus when he says the saints are alike in heaven. Do you think there's anything wrong with praying, interceding for others or asking them to pray for you? No, I think there's power. There's power in prayer. Um, and I think it's good for people to pray. So no. I, uh, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd be the wrong person to ask scripturally. Of course, I don't, as far as the scriptural basis for this, that's me with absolutely no knowledge on it whatsoever. But do I have a problem with well-wishing for others, whether it is faith-based or not? Of course not. I think that that's uh, goodwill among men and that should be encouraged. So thank you, Scott. The backwards man. How sincere do you think the Zog stuff is in general? Do you think Ben Shapiro is running around force feeding white people fentanyl and making them watch sissy hypnosis porn? Um, I think that people that are talking about this are very, are very sincere about it. And um, I, I don't think that anybody thinks that that Ben Shapiro himself is is actually responsible for all of these issues. But um, us, but nobody can deny that it is the one thing that you can't talk about. Like this, this is the career. So you can say anything you want to about black people. But like, if you can drop an, would you rather get caught in a hot mic dropping an n bomb or saying that six million Jews weren't killed? Like, what do you think would be <laughs> which one worse? is more consequential? Yeah, I think that the, uh, the six million Jews thing that that that'll mess up your career like way more. I I think they're probably pretty comparable, but that is not to say I'm not denying that that either. Well, I'm not denying that the latter one is going to do serious damage. Um, yeah, but, and people should be suspicious of anything that you cannot talk about, anything that's so off limits, so taboo that a mere mention of it is a, is career destroying. And I think that that's why, that's why people get so trolly about it because they're like, you don't want me to talk about this. Zog, 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 yeah, zog, zog. That I think that that's true of, yeah, really anything that is, is forbidden from examination. And yep. that's the thing about true things. And this is not me saying it's untrue, but true things have the defense of truth from examination. You don't have right. to protect them with other mechanisms because examination will show the truth. And that's not me trying to make some denial statement about anything. It's just saying that if you feel like you have to protect anything from examination, right. well, the truth protects itself. You don't have to worry yep. about that. Maya soul says, uh, I see a lot of people on the right rejecting the church and God broadly. Is it helpful to atomize into ancestral death cults and libertine atheism? I'm inclined to say deus vault and deliver them up to God's justice. Is it helpful to an atomize into ancestral death cults and libertine atheism? No, of course no, not. No, no, definitely not. I, yeah. I think that your, mora your morality has to come from somewhere. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to... What is the source of that? And it can't simply be that a guy told me once or something like right, that. Or exactly. the majority yeah. voted on that once. There is a source for these moral concepts that we all have a sense of. And if you delete God, I don't know where it comes from. And, yes, and, it comes from man and then we're all screwed. And that's, yeah. And I think that equating ancestral death, death cults and libertine atheism is probably not 
fair, but you do need to have a broader sense of morality. I think you're right about that. Um, did you read that one? Yeah. Yes. Winter is coming with the impending circus of the elections looming on the horizon. What do you consider in a leader? Is it charisma, physical presence, intelligence, and or connections they bring to the table? If there's one trait that you would pick over the other, what would it be and why? I mean, I'm not interested in leadership, so I can't even answer this question. Hmm. Like, there's going, almost nobody that can make me vote for them. I'm going with my principles, of course. Yeah. I, obviously, I want someone who is committed to moral truth. Mm-hmm. Um, the other benefit of that, though, is I can even grant some leeway away from my principles as in my principles to the extent that someone who is principled and consistent is predictable right and there is value in a leader who is predictable in his beliefs and in, in his actions and in his responses you could be a predictable commie and that's not good um but in ways a predictable commie is better than somebody who is off the wall doing random chaotic things all the time at least you know what you're going to get with predictable yeah. commie guy. It's not to oh. say I want a commie. I want someone who is committed to moral truth first and foremost, whether it is of benefit to him personally or not. And whether it is of benefit to any particular interest group or not. Uh, that's why we take an oath to the Constitution. I want a leader who understands what that oath means and upholds that oath no matter what. That yep. person is very, very rare now when in fact, I mean, talk about the flaws in our system. Maybe the biggest flaw, because I'm, as we talk about, I will defend the concepts of the Constitution because I believe they are correct. But maybe there's a big flaw in believing that human beings are capable of making that sort of oath and actually sticking to it. They just, that has fallen apart. That that oath breaking is the norm. The oath keeping, Stuart Rhodes, the oath keeper is going to jail. Now, I know he, that's just his title. He might not be in oath keeper in the strictest sense you might hate the guy whatever and i i don't know that much about him but i'm saying that it's interesting that the term oath keeper is viewed as terroristic and in practice oath breaker is the norm in congress and in the oval office and in other uh branches of government so yeah guy guy who uh guy who sticks to his oath would be great i would love to see that snow ape dan is up next you're up oh am i sorry did you see the recent 9-0 Supreme Court decision where Minnesota got slapped down for keeping the extra money on a property they seized for unpaid taxes? Homeowner owned 15, uh, owed $15,000. State sold it for $40,000 and kept the rest. How would you feel about a law that says if the Supreme Court renders a 9-0 decision on anything, all the judges it had to go through to get to them should be disbarred? <laughs> um I would oppose. I would oppose because that's yet <laughs> that would, that's yet more power in the Supreme Court. And even though this Supreme Court, I think, is making some uh, constitutionally faithful decisions more so than prior courts. Um, I don't want more power concentrated in the Supreme Court. I think even if Minnesota is making ridiculous decisions, the system on balance would be better if the federal government was not meddling in Minnesota affairs and Minnesota is left to suffer the consequences of Minnesota decisions. I don't know that I haven't looked at the, that actual case though. So I'm guessing it must've been really bad. If even Sotomayor was like, okay, I mean, even I can't get with this exercise of government power. Come on guys. (laughs) I'm out. Yeah. This is kale. We keep hearing that we should have more white babies, but so many young men are dysgenic. 
weak, short, low T, effeminate, cowardly, et cetera. Should those of us who are aware of our genetic flaws consciously refrain from procreating in order to improve the white genetic pool, should we prioritize quality over quantity? Um, no, I don't think so. I know nobody of any other race is worried about this. Like, am I going to be a good father? Am I too short to have a child? Like, have you seen a Guatemalan recently? Like, okay, so at this time every year, a bunch of Guatemalans or Hondurans come to Coeur d'Alene uh, to work at Home Depot or whatever. And it only happens at one time of year. And they are just the, they're like four foot eight. I, I just can't, they're just the tiniest little people I've ever seen. And life. they have 10 kids. What are <laughs> they, they doing? They're not even yeah, thoughtful about it. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think that only white people are thinking like this. <clears throat> but in general, I think we should probably prioritize quality over quantity. Like everyone's like, you need to have 12 kids to every white woman. It's like at a certain point when you have a certain number of children, you, you can't, you can't be a, a good parent to each individual child and the older children are just raising the under children, the younger children. And everybody's like, well, that's the way it used to be. Yes. But, but 30% of your kids would die uh, by age five and another 10% would die by the age of 25. <laughs> I, it was just different. I'm very wary here of the the underlying idea that that your reproduction, your family, <laughs> its value should be measured by its contribution to the rest of everybody else. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose there it, there may be some truth that um that un that there are legitimately bad traits to pass on like diseases or things like some uh, things like that potentially. But again, an unbalanced thing that if everybody's thinking so critically about their flaws that they may not want to pass on to the next generation, then no one will have kids. Yeah. You're, you still want, I just, I just disagree with the premise that fewer kids is of benefit to society in general. Anyway, Mm -hmm. having kids is, is fulfilling your life's purpose as an individual but even if you're not the perfect person for reasons X, Y, and Z, for the benefit of society, it's always helpful to have those those kids and more families around too. So, yeah, uh, and you never know how your kids. genetics. It's a funny thing. You never know how your kids are going to turn out. Yeah, like I've mentioned before, look at the faces of Bruce Willis and Demi Moore, both very good looking people. Look at the faces of their daughters, and you will see what I'm saying. I have not seen. I, I don't know what they look like. What are uh, you serious? They are so ugly. Look at Rumor Willis rumor yeah i know what there were speaking of rumor willis there were rumors that bruce willis is dead have you heard those oh that that might be uh that might be good he was descending into like horrible dementia hell so i i hope he's dead that would be that'd be good this is extremely unfortunate yeah every one of their daughters looks like okay give me one more before we move on scout willis scout what is this uh what's the what's the uh, to kill a mockingbird is that what we're doing here yeah what the yeah. what the and those are two good looking fit people that had children in their primes dude this is the they're thing fucking ugly like you don't you don't know how your genetics are going to manifest this and is i know rough. like this is rough sometimes i look at supermodels like look at what their parents used to look like and they're just like average folk like you don't you don't know what's going to happen hmm. okay is it my turn uh, it can be go for it Bad Wolf Jack. In the last call-in show, a caller was debating on whether or not to introduce junk food video games into their child's consciousness so they never know what they are missing. Do you think that when they're older, they'll have a healthy relationship with those things or they will not be able to resist due to never knowing how to resist unhealthy for the mm. sake of the healthy? Um, I don't know. I What I'm learning as a parent is that no one knows what they're doing. 
<laughs> I mean, that's true. That's pretty much every adult in all contexts. No one knows what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would generally agree with the what the the question is implying here. I want my kids to know why certain behaviors, certain habits are good and certain behaviors and certain habits are bad. I know that when you're dealing with a toddler, a lot of the time it comes down to do this or don't do that because I said so. <laughs> but before they're out of my house, I want them to know why. And, and maybe part of knowing why is that uh, is the exposure necessary to educate. This is what yeah. this is. This is why you should engage in this or not engage in this. This is how to make a good decision on that. But I agree that the philosophy of just hiding things, if you hide things without explaining, you run the risk of overindulgence upon discovery, and they're going to discover <laughs> these things as adults. And then it's just rumspringa all over yeah. again. I made a mistake, says, I wrote to you a month ago about the affair. I Oh, this is an update to, holy cow, all I right. Know. I was like, ah! wrote to you a month ago about the affair I had with a woman I went to high school with 15 years ago. I, I asked if I should tell my wife about the affair or just forget it happened. I couldn't live with the guilt and I ended up telling my wife about the affair. I thought it would be the end of our marriage once I told her, but for now it seems like she is willing to try to keep our marriage together. She doesn't want our children to have divorced parents, but she has also said that she doesn't know if she will ever be able to trust me and forgive me. I've asked her what I can do to start earning her trust back, but she says... That is my job to figure that out. She said if she doesn't ever forgive me, uh, that it could take years. Or that if she does ever forgive you, it, it could take years. What can I do to start earning <laughs> her trust back? Well, first of all, um, I'm, I'm giving a round of applause to that wife, man. That's Yeah, good for her. <clears throat> it, we already talked about the mistake that was made earlier, so we don't need to go over that. But listen... Uh, and to the, ex I actually applaud the decision to be honest here. Obviously I think what happened is terrible, but your honesty with your wife, I think has produced the best outcome, the best possible outcome in this. And you owe her <clears throat> everything now. And I don't know your wife. Yeah, I don't know how but to, he's in a pickle though, because he's lost the moral high ground. And so he has to just be obsequious to her for the rest of their lives. And then she, um, conversely is not going to find, find you attractive anymore. Hmm. So you're fucked. I mean, she's never going to trust you or love you. Like you're totally screwed, but Here, at least you aren't destroying your children's life. Here's what I will say. Even in this situation, which is now it has a massive, possibly fatal variable thrown into it. I do know that women in the, in the same way, women hate being asked about where we're going to eat dinner tonight or asked. They hate being asked to design a date themselves or anything like that. I think that likewise, she's probably going to hate the approach of asking, what can I do to earn your trust back? You are going to have to take a leadership role and serve, make this woman your queen every single day by doing whatever gestures you see fit. But Women hate that. Really? In this yes, context? Yes, it just makes you think that your husband's a pussy. So like, she'll think that that's what she wants, and hmm. then he'll do it, and then she'll think he's a pussy and she won't want to fuck him anymore. Well, that's what's going to happen. By extension, because there are children involved here, too. I mean, the only thing that I can say is that she hates you and she's never going to forgive you. You have to commit your life to being the best possible dad and husband that you can. And you need to take a leadership role in both of those things and demonstrate to her every single day with gestures of fidelity to that marriage and your children. I can't tell you what those are, but don't I guess my only advice is don't ask her show her. 
and and take that give leadership her an role. affair pass <laughs> you get one <laughs> just make it square fair's fair but he did it without trade. the affair pass so she gets two. Oh, two. okay Hey, good luck to you, man. I'm, I, I am glad to hear it because that was a that's a, just a disastrous situation. <clears throat> and for the sake of your children, uh, you know, for the sake of your marriage and yourself, obviously, but but ultimately your marriage is about your children. And for the sake of your children, I'm really glad to hear that this is in the best scenario that it, it could be. And please uh, update us if there's more later. Impact play. What conspiracy theory do you think will make the world different if proven true? Oh, man. Moon landing. Flat Earth uh jfk what else we got 9 11 i hate calling all these conspiracy theories because some of them are not i mean there's almost nothing i'm more tinfoily about than corona oh yeah but i don't think that would change much if you had if you could show that it was designed by the bat lady with the intent of releasing it to fuck up the u.s election definitively and it would be beyond Question like here's the email correspondence with Fauci I think, saying I think that people would not give a fuck. I wonder. I wonder if you had the email chain that showed the directives, if people would accept that. <clears throat> um, no, people don't care. They'd but be it, like, but, it's deep fakes or whatever. But if that could be demonstrated, I mean that would just show me that there is a uh there is like some sort of new world order, for lack of a better term, an international conspiracy of people working to subjugate the rest of the world's people, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so that's it for me. That's probably like a recency bias just because I lived that. We all lived that. And so it's very important to me to know the absolute truth behind what happened there. Yeah. That'd be, we got to hustle buddy. All right. All right. Deep throat. What are uh, some of your biggest driving pet peeves? How do out of state drivers compare with to drivers in your respective States? Um, <sighs> Okay, first of all, I mean, I have the generic one of of not using a blinker when it's necessary. I know that sometimes you're out by yourself, you don't really need to use a blinker. But if you're not, if you're in high, high a high level of traffic and you don't turn on your blinker to merge lanes, like go fuck yourself. Um, but actually, what drives me nuts the most is people who are overly courteous to the point of ignoring traffic rules. Oh my god, those I know. And then they'll stop in the middle of the street to like let a pedestrian go, even though there's no crosswalk. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, oh. You're making the road unsafe for yes. all. Yes, you come to like a two way stop or a four way stop where someone's turning <laughs> left, but they arrived there first, and they try to yield to you because you're going straight. It's like, dude, you got to the stop sign first. You go. I actually um coming out of the spot where we're moving to. It, the 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 house is sort of off it's not a highway but it's sort of a major east west road and i came to a stop there and because uh there's some people living in this area there is a crosswalk across that road so if you're on this road that's like 45 miles an hour there's a crosswalk there for which you have to stop if there's someone in the crosswalk but this idiot i don't know what he's thinking he's on like a 45 mile per hour major road and i'm coming from a residential road trying to turn right and he's, he yielded to you? He stopped for me. And then someone has to slam on the brakes behind him because they're like, what the? F- this isn't a stoplight or a stop sign. What are you doing? And he's sitting there. I'm the one with the stop sign on a secondary residential road. And he's motioning me along with his hand. No, you go. Dude, you're you're going to get you're going to cause a, a, a pile up here. Get your ass moving. Oh, my God. He thinks he's That's... being courteous. No, you go. You go. Okay, I'll make this quick, but I hate it when people in the other lane know because I have my blinker on that I'm trying to get in front of them, but they stay 
and I'm not being obnoxious about it. Just like I have to take a turn in the future and like yeah. I'm trying to get in your life. But they stay in my blind spot, like just close ah, enough yeah. to me yeah. th- that I can't move over. But like it doesn't really change their lives at all. It just makes my life like a little harder. Yeah. Like they're just possessive over that three feet of road. <laughs> like, let me get over. And then I got to cut them off and they get all pissed. Yeah. Bastards who uh, drive slow in the fast lane, too. If oh, you, yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. And uh, empty. Matt sounds like my priest here in blonde has my thoughts in mind about marriage. We have an American Orthodox church for you, blonde. Uh, what would both of you do if your spouses wanted divorce and what, uh, if they actually went through with it? Well, it would really depend on the circumstances. Like if my husband was banging a younger woman or something like that, um, you know, we'd be in divorce rape town. Like I would be vengeance blonde, blow up his life, take all of his money. It would be the divorce of a century. But if he was like, I want to get divorced for irreconcilable differences, I would do whatever I can to work it out. I mean, you can't keep like another person married to you. You can't make them be married to you. It's a shame. (laughs) If my wife said she wanted a divorce. Shut up, bitch. That would be, that would be my response. No, I, I obviously I would I would refuse and oppose that at every step. And I would say your commitment is not just to me. It's to our children, to our children. You will not you will not break that. And I understand that she's legally empowered to do that in certain jurisdictions. Probably this mm. one potentially. Uh, my answer is no. My answer is is no. You made a commitment to our family and you will. Yeah, I know, but you can't stop her. Well, I'll figure it out. I'm surprised more people don't kill their spouses now. Like in these divorce situations, like, yeah. Well, I don't like, know. Like, what do you do? Like, like some woman is like, okay, I'm gonna bang this black dude, and you have kids together, or whatever. And then she's like, and I'm gonna take all your money, and so you can't see your kids. You don't have any money, but like, is is killing your wife and having that moment where you killed her that you can reflect on peacefully for the rest of your life? It, it, it's probably worth going to jail for the rest. It of your depends life. how big of a bitch she was. Like, she's a huge bitch. All right. We got to keep it moving, like you said. Thank you, Inemptius. Uh, Hans. Hans. Yeah. Uh, and your latest movie review, you condemn Magda Goebbels. How do you actually say that? I've always heard Goebbels for the last name, but a German, uh, a German speaker could let me know. For killing her own children. Well, I understand the sentiment that it's never okay to kill your children. <laughs> Perhaps there's more complexity. The Red Army was particularly br- brutal. And she may have feared more than just shame, but significant harm or torture for her children had she not killed them. He said later that he doesn't agree with this, but I clipped mm. that up. If your home was surrounded by cartel with no hope of anyone coming to save you or your family, would you consider killing your wife and children humanely to save them from a worse fate? Well, I don't think so because you can't guarantee that 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 worse fate uh, is is present for them. Like yeah. I think the Red Army, they're not going to... I doubt that they even would brutally murder all those children well my problem with the Goebbels hypothetical is that's not what she said at least in the movie's presentation it's not. At she least said i don't want them to live in a world without national socialism yeah which is a, a very different situation from this hypothetical but yeah even in this hypothetical where there's brutal torturous people coming to take them right now man i just uh talk about slippery slopes when you start saying that it's merciful for me to kill my kids or really anyone in pursuit of preventing an undesirable future you better be damn right about that undesirable future otherwise you are well i think in any case here you're a murderer 
Mm. Um, You you don't really mess with that moral principle. And I guess my thinking, well, my thinking is if someone decides to abuse a child in that way, that is on them. I don't, I, it's hard for me to, to, to say that as a father, I'm protecting my kids by killing them. It's just so backward that it would take such an extreme example like this to even entertain it in any way. Uh, so I'm saying, no, don't kill your kids as the, as a general rule, Never but I kill your kid. I do. I, I can understand and appreciate that. It's it's there are situations where it's beyond ideological in the way that Goebbels was describing it, that it's a, a more physical threat impending. Adolf Enwardstein seems like a really uh, polarized or the world seems really polarized on this. Seventy seven percent of people in Japan have a bidet in their house. in Germany, 12% in the U.S. Global stats show that northern western countries don't use bidets often. If I get shit on my arm, uh, in my arm, I'm not going to take a thin piece of paper to try to rub it off. When I take a shower, I wash my asshole. When you stop, when you, wait, what? I don't even know what this last question is about. If you drop dirty people off at the pool, do you have any proclivity toward bidets? And when can I expect Matt's ball tingler to get a bidet add on so I can splash my a-hole with Matt's frothy white foam? Well, oh, my uh, bidets are a, a life changing experience. Everybody should have them. I don't understand people that don't use bidets. I don't get it, but I don't poop. So as I've mentioned before, I have no bidet experience. I have a uh, a gut level reaction that I don't like it because you think it's gay. There's just uh, there's just some, I don't. Yeah, I just don't want anything to do with that. How is but, wiping your butthole less gay? So I'm saying it, it's gut than level. Spraying it with water. It's gut level. It's not necessarily rational. It's just I just don't. That's really that. protective of his butthole. Well, shouldn't every man be? You guys all like your your butthole tangles, but you don't want to wash your butthole <laughs> for like logistical I, purposes. No, no, hold on. I've marketed it as marketed it as a ball tingler. Not a like it's never tingler. occurred to any of you to use it on your butthole. I, Buttholes need to be clean. I'll grant the point, but uh, I just I, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to join the bidet team anytime soon. But to the extent I haven't tried it, I will refrain from fully knocking it. Buddy with an H. Oh, sorry. I hear a soap just just emailed me. So, buddy with an H. Both of y'all often call it nepotism and negative con- with negative connotations. Is nepotism itself bad, or is it just basic corruption and waste that's bad? The Gibson Bakery, three to four generation family. In fact, owned. I'm wearing the Gibson shirt. This is very. <laughs> Got to be some nepotism there. Brand, yeah. Very few people would consider this to be that. Okay. But before I forget, this isn't necessarily nepotistic. It's family owned. People aren't like desperately trying to get into the bakery industry, you know, but people really want to be senators. Um, okay. Very few people would consider this bad. Two politicians hire their children, one for a no-show job. The other because they can trust them implicitly and they're excellent at what they do. We should, should we should we or we should be upset that our tax dollars are being wasted, not necessarily that someone hired their relative friend. Be glad if your opponent wastes their resources on their incapable kid. Don't be ashamed of giving yours the tools and opportunities for success within your means in an honest way. Thoughts? Yes, I think that that's exactly exactly true. That's not nepotism as I describe it. I don't want people to be in positions of power. Um, without the necessary credentials because of their familial relationship to somebody else in in the company or in the industry or in the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that applies to family-owned businesses. And everything that I make and that I do 
goes to Emmeline. That's not nepotism. That's me setting her up um, for what she wants to do in her life. Yeah. Which is have a lot of children in the list. I, I would agree with that distinction. I think that in politics, you have to be especially skeptical of it because it's it's the um, proliferation of family power, not generally speaking, not on the basis of uh, public consent or talent, but just on the basis of I'm helping my child in the way that you're describing, but on the taxpayer's back. That's a problem. You're not talking about uh, setting Emmeline up for a future by stealing from other people. You're talking about doing everything you can. in a. I would, though. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you, generally speaking, you're not doing that, and uh, you're you're pursuing more moral methods. In the context of, like, Gibson's Bakery, same thing, family business, I would say nepotism still has problems in the context of, uh, of, of uh, like, a publicly traded company. For example, where you where that that organization now exists to deliver a return to its investors, not necessarily to be the livelihood of a family at that point. Right. If those decisions are made at the expense of investors, that's a problem. Investors, of course, can exercise their approval or disapproval of that sort of thing. But there, I guess what I'm saying is there are business contexts, too, in which it is also uh, a bad thing or generally as a rule should be frowned upon. But um, but yeah. I take the Gibson example as a, as a fair uh, counterpoint. And that's because that is a, that is a, a family operation that exists to provide the livelihood of the family. All right. Lightning round. Conscientious objector says what uh, are there any jobs that you think are immoral by default? I, you would be contributing to evil by performing the job. Sure. Hitman. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hitman. Abortion prostitute. provider. Abortion provider. Uh, prostitutes might save more lives than they harm. Well, it's not just about, it's not just about that calculation. I would say it's about what is the purpose of the sexual relationship. And it is not just jollies. It is uh, the creation of children. And so to pervert that relationship, I think is an immoral thing that uh, should not be participated in. Um, how, but I guess the, the counter here might be, well, those are all legal probably for those reasons. Is there a legal one that Abortion is more provider? Like, Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Uh, Eva Viva. So we agree that the slippery slope is true when it comes to sexual morality. You could climb back up the slope. Where would you stop culture acceptance? Cultural acceptance, not legality of sexual norms. Okay. Hmm. Um, premarital sex would be like a ruinous thing for both men and women to engage in. Like socially ruinous. Slut shaming would be back. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think that we need to get back to a place where I would be willing to, not just willing to accept, I would enthusiastically accept just a world in which the nuclear family was viewed as the ideal. Yeah. I don't demand that people are imprisoned uh, for living the way that they want to live so long as they're not violating the rights of other people or something like that. I just want a world in which we acknowledge there is only one relationship that fulfills the purpose of producing children. That's it. There's one. It's man and woman. They come together to produce children. All others are different. And I'm not saying that you need to be stopped by force of law or even by me, like pointing and laughing at you on the street. Although fair is fair at this point. I've had to clap for enough yeah, pride really. parades that I get to point and laugh a little bit. Um, okay. It's not just that they're different. It's that they're less important to society. Like that also needs to well, I think they're I think that they're less fulfilling to the individual, too. Yeah. So if we could just 
acknowledge as a society that there's one of these that is not like the other. And just say, you know, some people have different ways of life, but this is the ideal. And this is the ideal for X, Y, and Z reasons. And that's where we are culturally. Just that I would find hugely beneficial. And that seems so far away. You have to say that they're all the exact same thing. It's, you know, we have PBS on during the day because we have over the air TV. I don't even have cable. Um, and you'd be, you wouldn't be, but I don't know why I'm surprised half the time Sesame street or something will be on. And they're talking about how all families are, they're different, but they're really the same. Then they're not, they're not, I'm not saying you got to go like point and laugh at the lesbians over there or something, but that would help society. (laughs) The propaganda for even young kids to view these as the exact same thing. No, no, that's we have to restore sanity, at least in that perspective and attitude. Crazy Custodian says after the bike theft, Karen got a lawyer and began legal action. Those who have slandered her have begun backpedaling hard. Is it possible that this was the solution to race hucksters all along? It seems obvious, if not potentially expensive solution to this issue. Is there something I'm missing? No, I mean, I think this is also the solution to um, to academia, too. I like if I have a son, I'm going to advise him that if he decides to go to college, he should just lie about being black. And then, you know, he'll get into whatever college he wants. And if they want to go after him for lying, then we'll just sue the shit out of them. Just absolutely sue the shit. If if all of us did that, um, I mean, the university system would collapse, right? You're thinking more offensively in that way. This woman was actually victimized. Oh, yeah. We need to be thinking offensively. I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, Uh, But legal, we should be offensively and defensively trying to get at these. um, Look at what happened with Sandman and um, to, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse. That wasn't necessarily a racial thing. Um, There is there is recourse. There's financial recourse for people and and suing people, you know, going after their. It really affects them. Like how much was um, Sandman paid out? We don't even know. It was never disclosed. But I assume it's in the it's in the vicinity of like a hundred million dollars altogether. I highly doubt that. I, I highly like doubt it was five that networks. I doubt it was that high, but that I, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. You'd have to talk to his lawyers. Okay. Anyway, um, no, I, I, the only thing I'll add is I haven't seen what has happened with her. I haven't followed her her lawsuit, so I'll have to look at that. Um, I don't care. She's a I'm, dumb shit lib, so she gets what she deserves. Obviously, I want the defamation bar high, but she yeah. is she was not a public uh, figure prior to this, so if she can show that certain outlets were negligent with their presentation of the information, I don't have a problem with her uh, going after these people to the extent that they've done significant damage to her and. If we're going to have any defamation standard at all, um, I hope that she's successful, even though it does seem like she has participated in the world that created her own victimization in the first place. But maybe she'll learn her lesson. Yeah, they always do. Chris, Chris says, is, oh, your turn, I think. Uh, is the withholding of sex or other forms of intimacy by one spouse ever acceptable within marriage? If so, at what point do you feel it moves from perhaps an understandable natural ebbing within the relationship to simply be weathered and into a more serious abrogation of marital duties for which their spouse would be justified in seeking a remedy? Um, if, your, if your spouse is not willing to work with you on it, I think that's a breach. Yes, this is why I've talked repeatedly about having some sort of sex contract at the beginning of a marriage not written verbal of course but like find the number of times that you need to have sex and the number of time your spouse needs to have sex 
first of all, if it's too disparate, if he needs to have sex three times a day, you need to have sex once a month. Don't get married. Hmm. But if it's like he needs to have sex three times a week and you need to every two weeks or whatever, then have sex with your husband twice a week. And if you fall below that standard, you, you know, you just, ha- you just have to do it. Like you just have to keep doing it. When you have kids, it's not super romantic. So you just have to like make time for it. Schedule sex. <laughs> make appointments. All right. Check your, check your Google calendar and see what's on. No, I, I. Wives every- do not realize like this is, this is necessary. It's like food and water. To it's, it's true that everything does become more necessarily regimented in the context of being a everything parent. does. Why would yeah. sex be any different? Yeah, it, oh, it's got to be spontaneous. It's like th- what else in your life is spontaneous after you have kids. I don't. Know that is mostly out the window at that point. You're right. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, that's. Ex- I. I even though, I hope my life doesn't get that strict, but I understand what you're saying, and I yeah, I would just say that uh, it, it's not abusive until your spouse says I'm not. I'm not willing to compromise or work with you in any way. It just puts up a yeah. wall. Well, then that's abusive. I would say. I thought blonde would be a no rape within marriage kind of gal. I don't know. I don't know that I believe in marital rape. Is that, is that real? Well, is that's that what he's getting at or the chatter's getting at. No, I think that he's talking about divorcing her. No, I, I thought the chatter was saying, uh, she would say that there's no such thing as rape within marriage. I, that's a how no I interpret rape it. Within marriage kind of gal. Oh, I think that's I what the chatter means. I thought he meant like no rape, but he meant like there's no such thing. No rape. That it doesn't exist. There is no yeah. rape within marriage. Yeah. Uh, Niggets and faggers. <laughs> I theorize that in the near future, we'll be reverting back to Jim Crow era since leftists want to combat racism by being racist and reintroducing segregation. But I feel like LGBTQ plus people will also be lumped into it as well with the normal, with the way normal people are being treated um by and the democrats allowing it to happen sooner or later people will be fed up and they'll start to fight back it's already happening with bud light target and it's going to escalate i anticipate the day uh until public lynchings uh become a thing again when that day comes who do you think deserves it more homos or black people (laughs) (laughs) uh dude come on i I, really wish i would have read that whole thing before uh, we need individual justice not group justice but once we've evaluated, Even I believe that. But once we've evaluated which individuals are responsible, who's doing more uh, destruction? Well, uh, the crimes are different. No. Hmm. How much do I want to indulge in this premise without getting in trouble? How many gay black people are there? It's just Omar from The Wire. That's it. And then little Jesse Smollett. Oh, Jesse Smollett. And then that guy that sings that terrible song about the things with the chaps and yeah. the. I guess I could make an argument either way that certainly there are there is a crime problem within the black community and tends to be very serious crimes, uh, murder, rape, even though we've discussed how that's not necessarily serious. MBD, MBD. Um, the crimes of the worst of the gay activists are they're not as direct. It's not like shooting someone in the face, but it is it is a perverse crime of sexualizing kids. Yeah. Up, sometimes up to and including sexual abuse of kids, like being touchy with the kids. There's there are episodes of that too, um, which is worse. They're all bad and they should be prosecuted individually. I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I could say more on this, but we got to hustle. Yeah. Billy the not gay kid. Do you think the LGBT community turning at each other for special treatment will undo the whole thing that we can go back to normalcy or is it too late and LGBT, especially transgenderism is so ingrained in society that it'll be here for a while. No, I think that the trend that people have gone so far that the trend toward normalcy is inevitable. This transgenderism thing is Matt and I talk about it all the time. I went to a high school by the way, I'm taken off the Marquette High School alumni Wikipedia page. I was on there for like two days. Well, someone put you up. Someone as a put me up, alumni. and then someone took me down as a Who notable the hell alumni. Was spying right that? underneath that terrorist. I was so. And the proud. thing is, he's not even a suspected terrorist anymore. He's a suspected vandal. Yeah, I know. Marquette High School uh, uh, notable alumni. Okay, I, I when I went to high school, 2,500 people, and I graduated in 2006. Not a tranny, not a single tranny in that fucking high. Not one. And now we got furries. We got some child that will remain anonymous um, has recently told me in his middle school that there are two furries in his grade, and they want litter boxes for their. This family. is in Coeur d'Alene or where? No, it's in oh. Seattle. Oh, okay. Um. I just, this has got, this has all gotten too weird. Like yeah. how much more weird could it possibly get before we trend back to normal? Uh, no, the, the, uh, this, this will, uh, sort itself out this, to the extent that this is delusion and untrue, it will not sustain in the long term. Uh, it's but, not sustainable and they don't procreate. Uh, there's that problem too. Have you gone before we move on? I'm like, hurry up. And now I've got yeah. to talk about something. Have you read that Reddit thread about people's like post-operative vaginal uh, construction <laughs> issues? I read one where someone was asking how to stop the smell and it was hilarious because he said it was built with a colon. And it's like, yeah, you put your butt into your inside out dick and you're wondering how it, you expected it to smell good. Dude, There's I no, can't not stop enough Febreze this. in the world, man. There was this one where this uh, dude was talking about how his vagina just like constantly has a thin layer of skin that has to be sloughed out. Yeah. It's because it's a That's, wound. Like, I don't want my partner putting their penis in my neo vagina. It's like, well, what a fucking surprise. What's right, it for move. then? Aesthetics? It does, it's not pretty. Uh, Ashwin says, I rec- uh, Matt, I recommend listening to Tom Woods uh, discussion with Paul Godfrey on the Tom Woods podcast. If you're interested, episode 2338. I will consider that. Uh, in, in that, they discuss the first principles that their philosophies underlie. Uh, what are those for you guys? Um, well, as we talk about frequently, I, I have to. Uh, accept the value and purpose of human life first and foremost, and everything branches off of that. Um, If I delete the concept that human life has inherent value and purpose for its own sake, in other words, uh, if I delete that concept, there is no reason why I should treat any other human being any particular way because there's no value or purpose to it. So who gives a shit? Uh, Everything flows from that. We must secure the existence of our people and that's a future for white children. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. That's honesty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Captain Norway. Good evening. My hard R seasoners. What, if any new type of segments, would you like to add to the show? If you had time and means to do it within reason? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier in the interest of time. Where are they now for the internet oh, celebrities yeah, of good. yesteryear? That's what I want. I don't have anything. Okay. I'd like to um, do a segment where we review things that we said like seven years ago. Oh, I can't do that. It's, it's too painful. It's so hard to do. Although there probably would be interesting discussion based on that. I find it's, yeah. oh, it's just hard to do. You want to look back at 
your old self and cringe. That's good. It means you've changed and you've improved theoretically, but yeah, oh, that would that would be tough. Noticer says uh, question: The boycotts uh, will not work, as in the NFL. What can you? What can we do to raise? Uh, I can't read at this point. We're at that point in the in the night. What can we do to raise awareness of the misfits driving? The uh, de facto mandatory ESG initiatives. Um, well, I guess I have to confess a little bit of ignorance myself. I understand what ESG is, but I don't know who the misfits driving it are. I don't know who is is pushing. What organization is behind ESG? Is there Let's one? Let's say it's your standard culprits. Um, well, then I guess you just have to. You have to launch it. You have to launch a counter campaign. You have to say, look at these degenerates. Look what they're doing. Look at why this is bad. And you yep. go from there. I mean, th- this is we are being propagandized. You need. I don't even like the term counter propaganda. The problem with propaganda is it's either untrue or an exaggeration. Or it's true. And well, so it's not propaganda if you're telling the truth. Right. Yeah. So if we're being propagandized, I don't want to say you need to counter propagandize. You need to fight that propaganda with the truth, though. Of course, I grant that. Easier said than done if, if one particular side is very well funded and has a lot of resources available to it. But uh, the truth, the truth is, is compelling in all contexts. And if we can figure out a way to maximize that message, uh, it will it will succeed in the end. Charlie says the topic of racial IQ comes up fairly often. Do you know where those numbers you mentioned come from? There has to be an evolutionary rationale for why that comes about. I don't know that much about the methodologies in determining uh, group IQs that are often cited. Well, they're standardized tests. Yeah. Um, That's why you, you know, if it weren't the same test, then we wouldn't be able to um, extrapolate to other. They're standardized racist tests. They were designed by racists for racists. There has to be an evolutionary rationale for why that comes about. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it probably has to do with future planning. If you live in Africa, you don't have to, you don't have to engage in a lot of future planning because you have a, a year-round growing season. If you aren't future-oriented in Northern Europe, uh, you die. But yeah, Africa, I would assume that like, well, that like any other, uh, like any other. Um, any other animal or any other organism anywhere else that, that the forces of your natural environment are going to select for certain traits. This isn't even uh, like an origin of species evolutionary comment. It's just that different environments have different effects on different animals. To think that that doesn't apply to humans as we've uh, developed over however long. Uh, no, I mean, of course, that there's got to be environmental factors to explain why groups in certain places of the world have traits that are different from groups in other parts of the world. Yep. Zazzy McTazbot, is it yours or is it mine? I don't remember. Really. Go for it. Um, could you both put on your most imaginative hats and give a scenario, uh, give a Sicario. Ah, <laughs> Emily Blunt. Um, of an event that would wake up whitey like St. Floyd, but for the whites. Ugh. Uh, I no, I, no, no it could, I truly, I don't even think I can do that. I, I think that for the hardened subset of white Karens, I guess they're all white, right? Karen is a racial slur right now. I just mean like the most stereotypical progressive chick you could think. Picture her in your mind with, uh, you know, her heavy set stature and her big frame glasses and looking at you with the scorn that is typical of that stereotype. 
that sort of person, she could be actually holocausted. She could be put on a train, sent to a camp, put in the gas chamber, and she would still <laughs> feel like she has victimized black people. Yeah. She could have black Hitler personally press the button <laughs> to flood her with Zyklon B or whatever the chemical was. And she would still be apologizing. I think I think that the the what's the word I'm looking for? The indoctrination or the the brainwashing is so severe for not all white people, but for for the for that specific subset of progressive white person. I'm not sure there's anything in this world that could penetrate or break it. Disagree? No, I I totally agree. All right. Oh my gosh, we're so over time. Uh, we just have chats to get through. Do you need okay. to uh, call it a night or you got time for chats? Let me see if any of these are directed at me. Over on Rumble, um, says uh, Zazie McTaz or Zazie McTazbot says, I've been listening since before Matt and I first made love and I thank you for what you do. Well, thanks for uh, your contribution to the show as well. Very much appreciated. Sean A. Fong. Would you ever, uh, or would there ever be a point where you would support a UBI if when AI robotics lowers wages to below sustainable levels? Well, how do we get the the income? Where do we get the money? Do we take the yeah. money from the robots and give it to us? Because the robots are going to have a problem with that eventually. No, I, I don't. Um, I mean, it, there's really no context in which I believe in some sort of central redistribution system as the best mechanism for wealth management, if you want to use it. If you want to phrase it that way, um, even it, this is an interesting moral question. If it's the robots producing all the wealth, are the robots entitled to the wealth or did we make the robots? So we're entitled yeah. to, or are the robots yeah. slaves at that point? I don't know, man. I just don't want some central anything deciding who is deserving of what resources. That's a recipe for disaster. Agreed. We're good on D live Odyssey. Um, rowdy dude says I've started calling started calling people of color nine volts because they refused to change the batteries in their smoke alarm. Yeah. This is some, is it joy? It's not joy. They hurt. Um, I don't even get that. What is that about? Oh, there's some clip of that black joy. Woman even well, even uh, wealthy uh, people of color like joy Reed joy. have the distinctive chirping in her latest video. Oh, they sound. <laughs> is there a sound like I, I know that annoying ass sound when your smoke yeah. detector is uh, in need of a people are roasting her on Twitter. She sounds like that, huh? Um, uh, I don't. Oh, see oh here. Any... Here it is. He sent uh rowdy dude sent another chat. OK, let me play a little bit of this and let me see if I can get it. Where woke comes to die. Little mini Ron DeSantis, the little tiny governor of Florida, the tiny and um, I would say. Oh, it's not the most functionally racist governor in america so it's not actually the sound of her voice it's the fact that it's in a, her house it's just going off and she does not yeah she's just doing i get it i thought that they were saying that she sounded like that no how many weeks has it been like that how do you live like that i don't know what are you crazy all right now i get it thank you for clarifying one more over on uh, odyssey we need to be oh god mike hawk 420 days in if we need to bake six million cookies and it takes two hours to bake a batch of cookies, then, hey, wait, is that a pile of shoes? Well, thank you for your cleverness, <laughs> Mike. It was downfall, man. Now I've gotten deep into the memes. Ah, 
Well, well, I do have to go rescue my husband from being sitting in the lines. All right. Well, uh, where did we leave off on YouTube and Tippy before you? Before you uh, let's see. I did. Did we do this George Michael one? I don't know where we left. I have no idea where we left off. So. Okay, I think that George Michael was the next see. one. Um. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Uh. Okay. Bye, guys. Uh. Yeah, we'll catch you uh, on Sunday. Are you good? You have. Yeah, I got it. Thanks. I got the spot. See you guys. See you guys on Sunday. Bye bye. All right. I will uh, round out the chat. We'll call it a night. Thanks, guys. Uh, George Michael says, Matt, the caller's right. You got to have faith. I got faith. Ask anyone who knows me. You got to have faith, faith, faith. You got to have faith, baby. Well, thank you, George Michael. I appreciate your lyrics and your support. Um, Richard's daughter. My dad's the expert. He makes the rules. Sips a can of Coke with jogger, jogger dick in my other hand. Snoop on in the background. I don't think that's what's going on there. Uh, thank you. Nar, Narl Antlers. Is breed only what? This is a trap. What's the trap here? Is breed only fur deep oh this is a, all right it's a it's a joke about i got you took me a second as in race skin deep breed fur deep understand the uh the analogy thank you keith johnston says what is the guiding moral principle for laws on public nudity devil's advocate wouldn't free speech principles lead it to legislate lead to its legalization logically i guess if you consider it a form of expression but but not necessarily because even under uh, our, our, our general first amendment framework, uh, you have time, place, manner restrictions. That is to say, um, it probably, it probably would be some implications about you trying to make it illegal for you to parade around on your private property. But to the, but we have rules in public about in the same way, you might not be able to walk down main street at three in the morning in your town, yelling about whatever you care about over a bullhorn. We have time, place, and manner restrictions about that. I would imagine, and we we accept those as constitutionally square, because that's not censoring a perfect uh, a per, uh, particular perspective. That is just uh, creating the rules by which the perspectives can be expressed. Although in this situation, is that is telling someone to wear clothes censoring a perspective? Maybe that's not time, place, and manner. Maybe that. The, I guess it's a debate of is that an expression on par or of the same quality as you speaking uh, words in the, you know, at, down at the park, you're, you're having some kind of rally or something like that. Um, I no, I, I've, I mean, I'll have to, my brain is fried right now. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think about this and come back to it. But I, uh, I don't think that, that stopping people from, from wearing, uh, from parading around nude in the middle of the day is uh, is a, a a restriction on perspective in the same way as saying you can't talk about X uh, about X topic or about X idea. Um, but I appreciate the uh, the thought, Keith. Thank you for supporting the show. Marina Rose eighty six says, "Would you make an exception of your stance on being polite or, or pro life for your daughter?" Uh, to not give birth to a black baby, or would you accept your black grandchild? Well, uh, I, I'm, I don't determine. I is this? It, it might be a blonde question. I don't know. Um, 
I, I don't think a pro, at least for me, a pro-life stance is not race dependent. That is to say, life has value regardless of race. Life has purpose regardless of race. And so, no, I don't, I don't think it's proper to take the life of anybody, whether it's your child, your grandchild or anybody else, uh, certainly on the basis of race, but really on the basis of, of any reason you don't, you don't, uh, abort a child and end that, that innocent life simply because you either you find it to be an inconvenience or maybe you're like Magda Goebbels and you think that child is destined for a bad life or whatever reason you have, you'd be wrong to take that life. Chimp in a bow tie says blonde. Can, uh, can't you just take Steven Crowder's advice and put on the gloves? I missed that part. Was that, Oh, wasn't that for the, wasn't that for the, uh, the dog's medication or whatever she had to do? That was the gloves part. She couldn't touch the medication because she was pregnant or something. It must be that. Buddy with an H says, if you work for a publicly traded company and hire an incompetent friend or relative, that would fall under the waste category and or defrauding shareholders. It doesn't matter if they're bad at their job, uh, then that position is not needed. Yeah, when you have uh, when you have an obligation to shareholders in that way, certainly you need to be uh, selecting the top quality candidates to maximize returns for shareholders. And if you don't, your shareholders are going to be rightfully pissed off. Alex Godeye says, when you're talking about society, sometimes people use the term, quote unquote, my people. Do you use that term? And if so, what do you mean by it? I hate Uruguay, the country where I live. So that means nothing to me. Well, first of all, uh, thanks for your support for the show. That is very much appreciated. I don't know that uh, we love you. You're very special. Alex, that, that might, uh, I don't know that I necessarily use that term, I suppose. Uh, if I do, I guess I'm unaware of it. Um, I think that when people talk, when I do hear my people, and I, if Blonde were here, she could probably expand on this a little bit. And if you'd like to bring that question back through an email question in a future week, we can certainly do that. When I hear that phrase, I usually think of it in like a similar identity context, like a, I guess a racial context. When people say my people, usually they mean fellow white people, fellow black people, whoever they may be racially, I think is generally the context in which I understand that. Um, trying to think of a counterexample where someone means my people and they mean something entirely independent of that. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe some people say it with national identity, but they mean Americans or something. Generally, that's not how I understand it, though. I, I usually understand that to have a, a racial identity component. But again, it's not something that I say frequently. So I don't want to give the impression that people mean a certain thing that they might not. And Alex, if you'd like to bring that question back to us for future discussion, you're, of course, welcome to do that. And thanks for your support for the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your call as well. All right. Looks like we're good on Odyssey. We're good on DLive. We're good on Rumble, which means we are all set and we will call it an evening. So thanks for tuning in this evening, guys. Very much appreciated. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for your email questions. Uh, thanks for your super chats. Thanks for all your contributions to the show. If you missed any part of the show and you'd like to listen back, you can head on over to the podcast page of the website as soon as we're done. MattChristensenMedia.com slash podcast. You'll find the audio feed there. Anything else show related? MattChristensenMedia.com. And as I mentioned, as this move comes up in a couple weeks for me now, June 12th is the official day. I aim not to miss any streams Sunday or Wednesday. But of course, keep an eye on the website just in case. MattChristensenMedia.com if anything comes up. Have a good night. We'll see you Sunday.